number 20 of the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods. This is the episode for September 2015, and I am your host, Rob. Joining me tonight, we have Kenny. Mine's so bright, I gotta wear shades. Ben Beck is joining us again. Great Scott! <laughs> that's it? You, you throw off the theme. Oh, oh I was, what do you think that's referencing? You gotta wear shades. Yeah, the future's so bright. so bright. It was so future theme. I know. How did I throw off the theme? I don't know. You screwed Are you gonna up. make Rob start again? Or is no, this no, 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 no. This is. Podcasts are better when they're off the cuff. Yes. So, just so everyone listening understands, this is like take four right now. Okay. So, Kenny, Ben, Kat. Hey. I guess that showed up. I don't know. I think it did. Bill. I'm angry today. And oh! Fesh. And Fesh. Witty retort. <laughs> so, we're going to start off the show the way we start off every other show. And my question for everybody tonight is this. Would you rather live in Blade Runner's dystopian L.A. from 2019 or Back to the Future 2's Hill Valley in the alternate 2015? And I'm going to start off tonight with Bill. Fuck yeah, Blade Runner. (laughs) Always Blade Runner. If you have a choice between anything and Blade Runner, you pick Blade Runner. I know Back to the Future is near and dear to some of your hearts, but it's Blade Runner. Motherfucking Blade Runner. But yeah, I gotta think too. Blade Runner is kind of like, so this is kind of like the same world as Avatar as well, but yeah. not too bad. No, it's, it's no. Not. They had the light light stick umbrellas and the whole nine. So I want a light stick umbrella. If anybody's uh, looking for geek, yes, just buy them a Think Geek. They have them. I'd rather have somebody buy it for me for a gift. <laughs> Anybody out there wanting to buy me a gift, light stick umbrella. There you go. It's a gimme. How about you, Kat? Uh, totally Blade Runner. It's awesome. I love dystopian worlds. I think they're fantastic. Like, I love the aesthetic of Blade Runner, too. So, take me there. I'll go to Blade Runner. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm, like, bottoming. Yeah, Cat's, like, totally bottoming. Out. I look I'm over talking to... so quietly! Fesh, how about you? I'm still wrapping my head around Bill's way of approaching that. I mean, I'm, I'm like, uh, insulin or Blade Runner? It's, it's gotta be Blade Runner. You know, kidney yeah. surgery that I need, or Blade Runner. <laughs> I guess I could continue to pee blood. Uh, no, but, or you could become a replicant. It's true. No, I, I'm totally Blade Runner, though. Yeah, I mean that one's that one's uh, that one's a no brainer to me. You know what's sad too with Blade Runner? I haven't seen that until like last year. But no, I mean at least you saw it. Oh, it would have been worse if you'd answered that question without having seen Blade Runner at all. But no, I, I'm going with Blade Runner. I, I, the it just I don't know. It seems dreary and cold and cutting it's edge. Awesome. And it just looks like would it be an amazing place to live if you had something going on. I think if you were just like a regular schmo in Blade Runner, it would probably suck. But I think the average regular schmo in Blade Runner probably had a very terrible life. Yeah. No. No. I don't. Awesome. And you're an average general schmo who in that world is going to probably also have a terrible. Life. Then you have to carve yourself out a new one. With a knife. Yep. It's awesome. A variable blade <laughs> speed knife. Yes. And then you run from blades and yay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ding. I've okay. seen things. Oh, <laughs> Kenny. I, I don't understand everyone because I'm the exact opposite of this. You've got a choice between a fun, happy world or something that sucks. Yes. And you're all like, let's go with the sucky route. I want to live in the sucky route. Yeah. No. Oh, I want to go where they've got... Where they're, where they're happy, it's sunny, people are enjoying themselves, there's hoverboards, there's video games, like, that's a much can, better future. Can I ask you a question? Are you a beach person? 
No. Oh, see, neither am I. But what you just described was like beachy. like yeah. beachy to me, and I'm like, it does sound like a it's like SoCal. Thing. Yeah. I'm just I'm just a person that would rather live in a world where I enjoy my life. Rather than fear for it. Whoa, whoa. Who says you'd have to necessarily fear for your life in, in uh, Blade Runner? I'm not agreeing with you. you I'm not agreeing with you. You could be top of the food chain. Yeah. You could have trained your you... way up. So maybe they fear you. you Look around fear... this table, Kat. Tell us who here is going to be top of the food chain in Blade Runner. Damn you, your exercise and your clean eating. <laughs> ben. Uh, fuck yeah, Back to the Future. Because if you have a choice between Back to the Future and Blade Runner, you always go Back to the Future. <laughs> I figured, like... I figured I'd bookend that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, if you gave me more choices, I mean, I'd throw in there uh, Demolition Man or Fifth Element. Ooh. And I'd probably take Fifth Element yeah. over anything. Well, yeah. Well, because it's a little bit more of the dystopian... With the happiness, sort you know, of, it, it, it's it's combining it's combining the two choices, yes. yeah. and it's kind of like, hey, if you get blown up, and they're like, hey, we found one cell that's still alive. Ta-da, you're back yeah. and you're good. But so. if I don't have to bend over to tie my shoes anymore, I'm <laughs> taken back to the future. <laughs> Nikes with auto laces. You know what? I, I I also am going to join this side of the table and agree <laughs> that Back to the Future is the only wise decision in this one. And my reason is this. Very pure and simple. In 2015, that that Marty goes to, Jaws was up to Jaws 19. Mm-hmm. That means the series continued, which means most likely and hopefully, if like Fast and Furious told us anything, there's got to be at least one good movie past one of them. Hey, there was more than just one <laughs> in, Fast and, in Fast and the Furious franchise. But and I, he's just never seen the other yeah, five. Seen, yeah, that's true. I haven't seen the other. I, I have, like, some of the other ones on DVD. I just never watched. The, the only problem with that line of thought is, you know, after Jaws 13, it's just Jaws heist movies well, from the, that point on. Actually, I'll, I'll ask Ben this. Actually, it's on everybody's sheet, so everybody does know this. Like, So it's like Jaws, it was Jaws 19, and I loved the tagline from the movie poster that they had in the theater was... It's like, this time it's really, really personal. <laughs> Which, that was what, the tagline, I think, for like Jaws 4. It was like, this time it's personal. Just, yeah. Jaws 19, I just, I literally see like the shark, a couple of Jewish guys, some mooks from New Jersey trying to figure out how to hustle yet another casino. As long as we're talking about the future and movies, I have to, I have to just say this. Join us next week when we review Rocky 5,000. <laughs> Oh, it's still such a great movie. Yeah, Spaceballs is still one of the best movies ever. Movie. Uh, so, all right. So, not like last month where we all, I think, agreed for the very first time. So, we're back kind of the normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I know, Kenny... Blade you... Runner is the correct choice. Oh, Blade, Blade Runner, yes. is a fucking fantastic movie. I 100% agree. But the Back to the Future it's franchise is also very, very good. Well, actually, you know, before we get into the nitty-gritty of this real quick, because we are on the quick topic of Blade Runner. So... Who here likes theatrical cut versus director's cut of Blade Runner? Because everybody here has seen. No, I've only which seen theatrical. Watch? We watched the director's cut. Which I is, have seen the director's cut. The director's cut is Deckard. Deckard is a is a replicant, yes. or is implied well, that he is. A replicant. It, is um, it establishes it is. higher that he's a replicant, right? Because isn't it, isn't it sort of a. Uh, pressed somewhat in the theatrical it makes you guess a, a little bit a more little right bit. very yeah. lightly but they ended on such a happy note I that think it was a... actually um discussed though later on that he was like just from the people which is why he released yeah. like 12 versions of that movie and yeah. he's just kind of like no this is really the one I wanted to do and 
See, that was the big contention when I first went to go watch Blade Runner was which version, version do I, do I watch? watch? Yeah. And everybody had a different opinion as to which one to watch. So eventually I just watched like three different versions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's been years since I've seen it. Is it worth doing that though? Is it worth like actually putting in the time? Is there enough difference it's that like, it's... It's like watching three different movies. It is. Really? Yeah. That starkly really different? Is. All right, it's I've got like, a new goal. It's, it's kind of like if you've ever seen the classic sci-fi movie Metropolis... Based on which version of Metropolis you watch, you are watching drastically different okay. versions of that movie. So I mean, it's like watching the, the, the theatrical version and the extended versions of Lord of the Rings. Oh, <laughs> oh, that is very okay. okay. All right. Extremely, they're, they're not extremely different movies, but they're different enough. There's enough content to make it you worth it. You can enjoy them both, yeah. yes. Gotcha. And then there's the other movies where they go, the director's cut with 45 extra seconds, and it's like two oh. seconds of a guy shutting a door, and then <laughs> another two seconds of a still room after someone walked out. Or the R-rated cuts for the movies that were PG-13. is like, no. Instead they, just, of, they added one F-word. Yeah, that's they, it. Like, they dropped fucking this. And <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, the, the, the extended director's cut of uh, Apocalypse Now was horrible. I don't think I've ever seen them. Well, that's like the director. Oh. I think most, oh, of the it's movies, so good. most of the movies I've seen where I've gone back and I've watched the director's cut, I've either enjoyed it as much or more than the original movie. The only movie that is the exception to this, and it's horrible that I have to say this because I love this movie, is the 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 director's cut of Mallrats sucks? Really, it really it's, does. It's the opening. Really? The opening is huh. completely well, well, different. Now I need to watch a it. Big, then. actually, huh. and they actually. It's kind of funny because we can actually bring this up really quick too. Um, Kevin Smith is actually filming Mallrats too, which is called Mallrats, actually in our hometown there, there. thirty miles down the road. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, if that, if that, yeah. Two miles and I miles. will be out yeah, there a number of times as an extra. So yep. it's pretty cool. Yay. So for all of us, a lot of the malls that we worked at and ratted at it was Exton Square Mall, which is where Mallrats is going to be shooting, which is really cool. But no, I can agree with Ben on that. Um, there is actually in a massive subplot that there's little late, like tiny traces of still throughout the movie that just never seem like hmm. they make sense. They seem like throwaway lines. But the whole thing is the movie started off. With T.S. and Brandy going to a fundraising event for uh, her father's game show. And the governor was going to be there. And T.S. was dressed up as a British it's soldier. like a revolutionary soldier. And yeah. they're making out on the rooftop of a building. And yeah. the gun that he's holding is an actual gun and is loaded. And it gets caught in his girlfriend's hair. And all of a sudden... Yeah, this sounds terrible. They're trying to untangle the gun from her hair and end up attempt almost shooting the, the governor. governor. Oh yeah, wow. That so there was this crap. whole like subplot in the beginning that oh, like they like that. That's why Mr. Spending was so pissed off at him the whole movie because uh. like he blew his entire chances. Oh yeah, why that he was really trying to get sounds hideous. Them and all this crap. But then if you watch the theatrical huh. version, it comes off more as he hates T.S. more just because he's dating his daughter. Yeah, yeah. And that's the way it should be. Which like, felt none a... of this other stuff needed. To needed be yeah, it felt very yeah. natural. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah I, I still want to see it now just to I get my it. own you impressions. Ever want to watch it, yeah. yeah, definitely. But I think the only difference is literally huh. the beginning. Like it's the first the beginning. ten minutes. But it, really? It's, it's almost it. like twenty-five minutes. Yeah. Long. Wow. And it. Oh. Ooh. Oh. And it like. Ooh, that sounds like an exceptionally. I think, I think it's maybe only like ten minutes. But still, it's, still, it's I think really they time they get to the mall in the movie, like forty yeah. minutes. It's like ten minutes too long. Yuck. Nothing against Kevin Smith. Yeah. No. 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 But anyway, so on to the topics for tonight. Kenny, I know you had something you really definitely wanted to talk about. I just wanted to bring up because by the time this is aired you're still going to have time to be able to get tickets to metatopia which is a convention that's going on in south jersey now this has been going on for years but i just recently became aware of it and it sounds fantastic the more i look into it the better it is 
It is a convention where they're going to have a lot of role-playing game companies and a lot of board game companies come in, and it is focused on playtesting. Now, it's only $20 for someone to come in and be a playtester. You pay your 20 bucks, you tell them the type of games you're interested in, you tell them the type of themes you're interested in, they'll hook you up with a schedule that you can adhere to if you'd like, and you will constantly be able to go into games and try out all these brand new systems, talk to the designers, give them their, your feedback. It seems like a very cool thing. And if you're a designer, it's only like 90 bucks to be able to show off your, your game all weekend. Plus, they have, they're, they're boasting about a hundred different panels. And they're everything from math in games to graphic designing games. It is a comprehensive, if you are putting out a game, be it a board game or a role playing game or anything, this convention has everything you need to take that's you really through step cool. by step. So that's coming through. That's going to be in South Jersey. And that's going to take place on around the 7th of November. It's going to be like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday that whole weekend. It's like 20 bucks. Highly recommend you guys check it out. It seems incredibly cool. See, the name would have made me think that it was a Lepidopterist convention. You know, featuring yet another excerpt from oh. Franz Kafka's works. Oh, a what a what? Sorry, Lepidopterist. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that a butterfly collector, or is that a falala? I have no idea. Oh, okay. no. My my favorite part is that he said it as though we would all know what word. I know. Just, well, I thought like, I thought you did. You're yeah, kind of relating it to metamorphosis. Yeah, yeah, that's where I was going. <laughs> I entirely <laughs> overthought. See, this seems like a cool convention. I can take my game concept, which is this board game. It's a dice game that, as you progress through, you build a mouse trap. Mm. And then by the end of it, you you, you catch. It. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I could oh, never. I could never get. Yeah. yeah. I could never get that thing to work. Like you oh, spent more time now. setting the board up than you did playing with it. I never played like, the game. God damn it! I never actually played the game. I just set the game you up set and the put the mouse there, yeah. and it started in. Yeah. Watched it catch yeah. Too. I did that too. I have another one where you spin this spinner in the middle. You have these little pegs that you put in the cars. I'm done. <laughs> I actually, no, I, oh, I, I will go life. off on a second for that. That is the yeah. game of life. And yep. I had friends when I was in middle school or high school, whatever it was, they came over to my house, we had the game of life, and we went, you know what, let's update it. So we made the modern game of life, God. where you can, you can have same-sex couples, you can marry transvestites, your new jobs were like all sorts, you could be a mob boss, you could be uh, a porn manager. When you had kids, mm. you had a choice when you had kids. You could Do either sell them on the black market right away, or if they were female, you could sell them on the black market or keep them and whore them out. So after after two paydays, they'd be old enough to whore out, and you would get an additional $50 a payday for the next three paydays before they died of syphilis. Wow. <laughs> like, we had, you could rob banks, and you would spin the dial to figure out the security system of the bank, and then spin the dial again to see if you beat it. You like, it are was an amazing this, game. Uh, you know what? In all honesty, I think that should be something that's you know like what? a game of shitty life. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, game, the, the, the game of if life of hard knocks. Remember yeah. to pull that together and, like, Build it back up. We'll play it an extra life moment. Who owns a right. license on that nowadays? I Probably wonder. Mattel, I would think. Yeah. Dude, I, well, I Mattel could use a Parker cash. Brothers. Was it Parker Brothers? Either sure. way, either of those companies could use a cash infusion. You should probably make <laughs> some. It, it was a very cool game. It was a lot us, of fun. Because us adults now who played that as oh, yeah. kids, I would absolutely. Dude, play I'd that play the game. hell out of that game. Yeah, that sounds hilarious. 
I would play that. Well, um, before um, you mentioned Metatopia, though, like it was, we brought up like Kevin Smith coming into the town, but mm-hmm. there is somebody else that has recently come to our town that has caused <laughs> massive upheaval. <laughs> oh my, my friend God. Damien! <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, our friend Damien's in town, but that's not who we're talking about. We're actually talking about Pope again. Pope Pope. Uh, <laughs> I'm not pleased about the Pope coming here, and here's one of the reasons why, is because we've made it this massive thing. The Pope has visited Philadelphia before. Yeah. Not, not this, this pope. pope, but the Pope. And never once have we shut down every major roadway into well, and out of the city. You need to take back roads if you want to get anywhere. Yeah, you do. But hasn't it been like a long time? I think it's that since was the like 70s. The, yeah, exactly. and the it's current... Been, it's been such a long time, and I think that's probably why. And the other problem, too, and from what I'm hearing, is actually, because like, I've been hearing stuff all week about it, but um, in New York and Washington, it's not as big of a like hubbub as it has been here because he's in an enclosed space. It's actually so the perimeter's um, more guardable, whereas in Philly, he's, A, Philly's more violent, then I too. We killed Hitchbot. We did kill Hitchbot. But we kept Pokebot alive. <laughs> we <laughs> did. We did. But on top of that, the space that he is, that he's going to be in is not an enclosed, easily guardable perimeter. Well, not so only that, but he's spending a, a longer amount of time in Philly too. Yeah. yeah. He's doing the mass in Philadelphia, exactly. which he didn't yeah. do in New York or, Washington, uh-huh. or yeah. Yeah, yeah. Washington D.C. Yeah. You got to remember, security security concerns have changed very rapidly over the last two decades. That's also very uh, true. That's important. I've heard some people say, "Oh, well, you know." They don't even do this when the president comes to town. But the president comes to town, jumps into an armored limo, exactly. gets a high-speed police escort to wherever he's going to they do his speech or meeting. When the president yeah, is yeah. But, but he does his speech or his meeting, jumps back into the limo, and is gone. Uh, again, yeah, like you said, Kat, the Pope's going to be out amongst the people. In the open. In the open. That's, I and mean, like anyone who wants or to. Or in his fiat. Or in his fiat, which, Bill, I know Dude, you have to be super proud. I was amazed. Like, I saw that video. I'm like... The Pope's got a fucking fiat. This is a very down-to-earth Pope. Can I tell you? I, can I? Can I tell you too? I'm an atheist. Mm-hmm. I love this Pope. Me so too. do I. I really yeah. do. I'm a lapsed Catholic, and I, I, I absolutely love the man. Catholic yeah, I love what he gets. I think he's awesome. I love what he gets behind. Yeah. And he's very down-to-earth. He's very to the people. There's a video already that he literally arrived in Washington D.C. and on his trip out from the airport, stopped when a little girl got over the barricade. Mm-hmm. Security Aww. pushed the little girl to the side mm-hmm. and he stopped the car and said no and brought her over. Yep. He's a Catholic priest and that's she's a kid. That's so cute. Oh. 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 That's, that's, that's a little low for this pope. <laughs> for this pope, yeah. yeah another another thing awesome. to bear in mind. Good it, was, yeah. it was the previous pope totally. Yeah, yeah. Another pope's too awesome. Yeah, another thing to bear in mind is he is technically a visiting foreign leader. Uh, Rome, well, that's the thing. Yeah, Any incident which, that could happen would be international. Well, not only that, dignitaries' security details are fleshed out by the Secret Service. Yeah. So a lot of this is probably not something the Pope himself necessarily would do if he had a call on the matter. Yeah. This is really our. Well, this Pope had a call on the matter. He's like, no, I'm just yeah, he would do it. Street. He yeah. would, that, much, I'm yeah. pretty sure is exactly. I what saw he would something do. earlier where it was like, I guess instead of eating with Congress, he was having. Yeah, he's going to eat with Congress. Yeah, yeah. That is so well, like, cool. He's a Franciscan. They're they're generally. I thought he was Jesuit. No, he's oh, Jesuit. Jesuit. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's Jesuit. Jesuit. Yeah. So says the Catholic Francis, school kids. Yeah, I know the Catholic school kids are like, no, no, there's a difference. Jesuits are are pretty friggin' awesome. They're supposed to be more relaxed. You know, like even Fesch was telling me, like you know. 
in Vatican City, he does not stay in uh, the papal room. He stays in the visitor room. Yes, because it's too awesome. lavish. It doesn't. He, there's no reason he needs to be there. Yep. Well, it's nice, like seeing. I mean, because those are like the teachings are like of Catholicism. It's nice to see someone actually following those tenets. Well, they also say too that he's got an incredible sense of humor. Awesome. He loves to tango, so he's yeah. very he's very outgoing person. So I mean. Yeah. Granted, like I said, I'm an atheist, but I'm very... I like this poem. I'm, I'm also I honored. I'm honored because this is his first visit to the U.S. and he's chosen Philly as... Well, well Philly, the bid for the, Philly bid for the fact to get him here. Well, well still I thought it has to do still with the conference. The world on. meeting families. The world meeting yeah. families. Yeah. 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 Went over to but let's be honest, it's still not as bad as FIFA <laughs> soccer and people bidding with that. Nobody <laughs> died in this attempt. <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> Tens of but millions of probably, dollars didn't exchange but, hands. But, but you know what? I mean, uh, on a side note, but keeping the Pope in mind, Philadelphia, which is the city, obviously, that we're all from and we're around, if we're not, even if we don't live directly in the city, I think out of all of us, I'm probably the one that lives the closest to the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, I'm right. only about 15 minutes outside. Yeah, but you're not far from. Philly has come up so far on the events that Philly gets. We've got the Pope. The Dalai Lama will be here the week after the Pope leaves. Yeah. The Democratic Convention is going to be in Philly in next year. Um, Philly put in a bid for WrestleMania for 2018. Huh. Which I will be at. <laughs> I love it. Pope, Dalai Lama, WrestleMania, WrestleMania. I don't know which one of those is the most fake. WrestleMania. <laughs> no, actually, if you want the Democratic oh, Convention. Oh, oh. Oh, no, no, no. Hey, I'm a Democrat. Hey, hey, so. hey! One thing we don't talk about on the show: politics. Is politics. <laughs> Everything else is okay. actually the so, two things you never talk about in a bar: politics and religion. And we're talking so about true. both right now. This oh is God. true. Well, you know what? Though, like you also stated straight up, like I think most of us here are not very religious people, but like it's we all can agree though. He's an awesome dude. Like, that, it's, if you could be a good person and like kind of change some people's thought process on things, it's kind of nice. Yeah. Yes, I. This pope is dope. <laughs> ah, that was terrible. That's so cute. Where's your Where's your bell? Little little pope rope. Pope dope. Pope dope. It's only a matter of time before they're selling pope on a rope. Oh, God. Oh, no, no, don't they have it? Don't they have pope uh, on a rope or something? Like that? No, they don't. They have the um, like poparella, the I'm, mozzarella uh, cheese I'm, with the. Pope you can't do pope on, on a rope because that just brings forth the image of like the pope washing your balls with the pope. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say I'm pretty sure pope on a rope is a Protestant Northern Irish <laughs> thing, isn't it? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> they have kicked the Pope Day. I mean. But you know, really? yeah, no idea. yeah. With Pope again, we're really just you know, with all the street closures, things like that, everything that's happened in Philly, we just gotta cope. <laughs> oh, Philly is loving oh. it because if we have I we all seen the picture, <laughs> have we all seen the picture of the love sign and underneath oh, hashtag <laughs> fuck the Pope? Yeah, <laughs> cool. well, that's that's you know that's what Philly. that's a uh, well that's why the security details necessary. But that's a warm Philly greeting in my opinion. Right? <laughs> There's a good about a snark in that. That's yeah. normal. Yeah, it's like when friends insult say, you. We only insult you because we love exactly. you. Exactly. You know? One of I'm my favorite things, like I'm loving seeing on Facebook the people who like live in the city and are staying in the city. During all this mess, our friends Eric and Dave. Yeah, Eric and Dave have been putting up um po- like all the Pope posts, but they're all comparing it to Lord of the Rings. So there's like, so I guess I think the um 
Pope is Sauron, and then the Secret oh. Service are the uh, Orakai. The Orakai. The Comcast building above the Comcast building is the Eye of Sauron. Yeah. <laughs> it's been hilarious. So they keep posting Ugh. like like the actual information, and then like doing like Lord of the Rings quotes to apropos. I'll tell you it's what, though, if I if I could, I would like to go into the city during all this, just for the fact of being in the city when there are no cars on the road. Mm. Like, it would be, be kind of know what, know what it is. I think it's the idea of so many of us want to walk down 76 with it closed because it's the closest in our lifetime we're going to probably feel to the zombie apocalypse. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, That's that exactly what it is. Cool. I went skateboarding on 76 before. Really? Yeah, it was close? No, it was, it was a, a car gonna... accident. <laughs> 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 I was stuck in a car accident so I pulled my board out and I was just like skating around. Does anybody know whether or not that, that bike... Uh... There was a, a lady that wanted to bike 76 while it was shut down and there was something like 3,000 people that pledged to go with her on that tour. I don't know if it actually happened. I, I doubt did hear something about that. Yeah, but I don't know if it actually happened. Did anywhere on the table remember hearing I anything about that? that? Oh, I heard rumblings, but I don't know if anything ever went through. I, I, I'm willing to bet the, the state police wouldn't have allowed it. But it'd be kind of cool, like go out there with just a couple people, like throw a football around in the middle yeah. of seventy six while nobody's out yeah, there. Yeah, I know. It's kind of or six seventy six, even like underneath the overpasses, just oh my God. sit there and hang out. And, uh, no, all you have to do is actually hang out at any places where traffic normally backs up and be like, "Yeah, this isn't that hard." You just walk you're, from one lane into the next and keep moving. I guarantee you, <laughs> you're if going, you can do it on feet, you can do it on four. You're minutes. going to see pictures pop up on social media starting next week of people. Mm-hmm. Out in the middle of the road with no cars around. Oh, it's yeah, it's going to happen. Sure. Hopefully at least one of them will be dressed as a stormtrooper. That would be nice. I think you get a bunch oh of people God. out there dressed as I first. I think so, too. Yeah. That would be cool. Would be if really you're cool. ever trying to Zombies. shoot like a guerrilla horror film down with Now would be the time to do it. It's just oh, yeah. bearing traffic to get up there. That's yep. all you have to do. But, uh, no, it, it's, it's pretty crazy, though, because, like, I feel bad because we do have a lot of friends in the city, and, like... I know a lot of people are just evacuating. I so, mean, it's either evacuating or you're supposed to go into blizzard, um, like, a snow emergency mode. Because, um, I guess for four days, like, a lot of the food places are closed, so you're pretty much supposed to conserve food and, you know. I have a lot of friends that are in the city as well, and they told me they're smart. They are all leaving the city, and they're renting their apartments out to people yeah. Yeah, for like a thousand dollars for the weekend. Are they actually that's finding? That's not even like that's lowballing it. Yeah. There are people who are renting their places for ten. Ten thousand, yeah. Airbnb yeah. had a few places. I, I, do you know anybody that's actually been successful in renting their place yeah. out? Because a I was listening people, to yeah. uh, well, stories on NPR where cats, there were people that had them. They, they didn't get anything. Considering doing it, but I think they just said screw it because they just moved in. They're like, okay, well, we're gonna. Well, he stuck working you, all weekend. You, yeah. stayed, you stayed awake during during an NPR broadcast. Oh, ah! dude. Uh, Oh, don't start Rob on that. I torture this man every day for Monday hours. through Friday, nine to five. Yep, MPR. Not in headphones, mind you, on the speaker. I can't get I can't get my phone to work right. Yeah. <laughs> now wait, when you do NPR, are you doing the current app or are you podcasting this? No, I'm pulling it straight off current. of the website. W H Y Y Live Broadcast. Sometimes they have some pretty entertaining things. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I will side with them. They have a lot of really good things. The TED Talks are amazing. TED Talks are good. The, yeah, the, yeah, but those don't happen 9 to 5. It's no, all, yeah. So it's, it's the new time for fresh air. Hey, come on. Well, fresh air sometimes is, has some really... What the fuck is fresh air? Terry Gross. Terry Gross. Really? Fresh air. I don't listen to NPR. She has interviewed more people, I think, than anybody else oh, out there. Dude, let me tell you. Like, anybody. Some of them is really good, but like, some I of think, it, like, even yesterday, we were sitting around, and like... I heard like this wailing okay, happening. Look, well, well, you call it wailing. It's Kurdish folk music. <laughs> they covered. They covered wailing on NPR. No, 
uh, extensively. <laughs> yeah, there was like an hour long yeah, discussion most, like, about Kurdish. Show. <laughs> an hour long discussion about Kurdish folk music, and all I heard was like whining and screaming. <laughs> My hand is up. It was very interesting, and I'm going to start jamming out to it. Coming up next, our retrospective of Yoko Ono. <laughs> no, I turned the no, I oh God, Pandora that at that point. Uh-huh. You may put on you may put on Pandora, but you keep NPR in the background still. This is true. <laughs> it is the drone I live my life by. Aww. So has anybody else got anything interesting to talk about with Pope again? Is there anything else that's kind of driving them kind of nuts right now, or are they really kind of excited for? I don't know how. I don't, I'm, it's going to be fun getting into work tomorrow because the road closures oh, start at ten. God, o- yeah. At the time we're recording this, they start at ten o'clock this evening. Yeah. And I li- I work down in the navy yard, so Ooh. I got to see. But I don't take any. Do you major get passes? High- I don't anything? take any major highway. Well, no, because the roads aren't closed down that way. Okay. Okay. Um, I take the back entrance into the navy yard, so I never even get on the Broad Street. Oh, good. So. Yeah, so you might be okay. <laughs> because because the off ramp maybe to, the off ramp to ninety five on Broad Street is closed. Yeah. So. I take the back way into the Navy Yard, so... The unfortunate part is the back way that may, during normal times, be somewhat light. It's going to be heavy tomorrow. Yeah, because yeah. It's, yeah. it's now one of the go-to, probably, alternatives. It probably, I think it's the, the only the way into yeah. the Navy Yard starting tomorrow. Which means it's probably not going to be fun, and, and uh, you couldn't... You didn't have any vacation or anything you could have taken to avoid it? cancel work. Oh, yeah. We can't because, because of my job. We, we're, we're a world organization. Oh. Just so everyone's aware... Ben's job is trafficking humans. <laughs> I don't. I never denied you that. You said it like it's a bad thing. I didn't say it like it was a bad no, thing. No, you gave did. me a discount. We were. <laughs> you, you don't have any like work from home options. Uh, I do, and I didn't think to do them before I left work today. So unfortunately, oh, I have to go in. Sorry. But but everybody at my job is well aware of the fact that a lot of people are probably going to be late. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to get a little leniency. So I'm almost thinking about intentionally being late. Just so I can get away with it. It's okay. This podcast is going up next week. Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, you're good. You're good. See, see, the worst part about this is that, yes, there's work from home options for me, even though I don't work anywhere near the city. There's a lot of people that commute from the city, so they're like, yeah, there's no way we're going to be able to fucking come into work. So the building that I work in is going to be a ghost town tomorrow. Oh, sure. And I'm the Naked only time. one. <laughs> Naked time. You know, bring a paintball gun. If I knew <laughs> that the person sitting next to me wasn't coming in... Maybe. <laughs> I'll be there. Don't worry about that. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, Patrick sure. will be watching Sounds good. from the window. I'm, I'm, I can almost guarantee you there's going to be a lot of people calling out and not coming oh, yeah. in tomorrow. Oh, sure. oh, yeah. oh, yeah. People that are coming from Jersey that have to take the bridge. And, yeah, anything like that. Because 95 will still be open, except the off-ramp to where I get to where Broad Street is, where the Navy Yard, the main entrance of the Navy Yard, is closed because Broad Street's a main thoroughfare into the city. Just yeah. park so, on 95 and walk. Yeah. <laughs> There might be people dumb enough yeah. to do that. It probably will be. Yeah. Oh my god, that's a nightmare. Uh, all I know is that I'm really looking forward to the stories that we see over the next couple days. And we'll, it's if we the see porta any... potty kingdom right now. Yeah. I heard there are like, more needs... porta potties in the city right now than there were for the what, what the concert that was there during Labor Day weekend, the Made in America, America concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like three times as many porta potties now as there were during Made in America. So How long did Made in America nice. run for? A weekend. Okay. Full weekend. How many people did it draw? Closed, and it was the parkway closed oh, off just like now. Yeah, how many people do they think that that drew, though? Because the numbers I'm hearing tossed around for the Pope it's are like, in, the it's like in the millions. Yeah. Well, they were saying, a, they yeah, said they were expecting sure. close to up to uh, up to 3 million people. Yeah. And people sure. from all over the world. And, again, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, this is quite an event. Kingdom. But yeah, no. It's the wall of porta potties. You don't why I'm glad I didn't plan my Colorado trip now, because the airports are going to be... Oh, yeah. A nightmare. Oh, my God. Well, I will say this. Like, I... 
when when we do our October episode, we'll look for some of the best Pope stories from Philly, and we'll have to regale. We'll do a little kind of yeah. retrospective back and take a look see. But so, so Pope we're, we're going to talk about the Pope getting shot and everything. Oh, come really on! You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Which means if anything untoward happens, I'm going to spend three days talking to a federal agent because of Kenny. So, so as hey, if Pope Bot has made it this long, it's true. Yeah. I'm hoping the Pope can make it three days. So I think I think I think, no, I think it's, there's not going to be any major. No, he's going to be he's going to be fine. Gonna and be let's fine. be honest, the city doesn't need any more black marks. No, oh no. my God, no, it doesn't. Really <laughs> Oh. No, 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 Ken. Right, Ken no. What are you saying? I, I, I didn't say anything. He's thinking things, but yeah. right, let's no. move on quickly. There's so the, There's the duct tape right there. So, beyond all of this that's going on, too, we are now officially kind of in the fall, which also means for... Pumpkin Spice! Oh, yeah. I thought we were talking about something. No, 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 pants. no Pumpkin yoga Spice! Yoga pants are year-round. I, I actually approve of the yoga pants. Girls' butts look fantastic in yoga pants. <laughs> And I was gonna say, pumpkin spice started back in June. When I went into like a restaurant, like a restaurant, and saw pumpkin beers in June, I, you know, there's a problem. Yeah. Let's be honest. By the time it's November, there will be no more pumpkin spice of anything. Oh, I had those. No, I love pumpkin. So I, I, I had those glazed pumpkin donuts, and they were delicious. I've been having pumpkin flavored coffee. I'm cool with that. Pumpkin flavored cream cheese on my bagel. Yeah. <laughs> We've got pumpkin like pasta sauce. sauce. <laughs> I'm I like, love what? Trip. It's a squash. It's like getting butter. I will tell you what, Bassett's ice cream in Philadelphia makes a pumpkin ice cream that is fucking awesome. Really? really? Yes. Hmm. Uh, Seasonal. So. I have never tried a pumpkin ice cream. It is, oh my god, it's so good. Really? But yeah. anyway, on top of things that like pumpkin spice everything that happens in the fall, what also happens is in the fall is our TV shows that we've been talking about for months and months and months are starting to slowly come Not back. Not the 100 yet. No, you have to wait till December for that one. But we have a couple shows that did come back, and I wasn't sure specifically around the table if anybody has started watching anything new or, uh, or happy something's back. Or I Doctor just who cut the cord. Has come back. Ah, Doctor Who is back here. Oh, actually, really quick, out of this people at this table, who has seen the new episode of Doctor Who? I, I. I still haven't finished the last season. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if so, we say I, you can't start your sentence with I and then I say something not else. Seen it. <laughs> that's a, that's I a, I have not seen it. Robert's <laughs> Rules of Order, sir. So if you guys would like to talk about Doctor Who, please feel free to do so, but please try to keep it spoiler-free for us. Ah, spoil everything. Um, the Doctor regenerated. Oh, wait, spoiler-free. Damn it. That was last season. That was Everybody last died. Season. Everybody died. Everybody came back to life. And then they came back to life. The TARDIS exploded. Oh, no. No, Again. it's... Um, <laughs> I I actually said that I enjoyed this episode, and I will also, and this isn't a spoiler, the Doctor's not the focal point of this episode. There's a lot more going on. I don't okay. really think there is a major, one major focal point in this episode. I it's, think there's a number a of character, A character is not a focal point of this episode yes. as much as what the action is. And the Doctor is actually not in it all that much. Oh, but it is very good. And yeah. it's a different side. When you do see the Doctor, it's a different side of the Doctor. I heard he's actually loosened seen. up a little bit from last season. Yes. Like he still has his That's edge, cool. but he's a little bit... I love I heard it. it, it I, I heard it like referred to as he, he slipped into the Christopher Eccleston a little bit. <gasps> I, I can see that. I heard a it's bit, a little bit. He's got a more of a rock edge to awesome. him, kind of the way that Eccleston did. There's also, and this, uh, we'll keep this spoiler free, so we'll just say, and Ben will know what's going on. They brought back a character. I uh, did hear about oh, who that was. 
stole the show. Yeah, I, I would wow. agree with that. I would agree with that. I, I, I was ready to go get rid of the doctor. I want to follow and, them. And I will tell you this without giving spoilers, too. The explanation for how this character came back is hysterical. Yep. It's, it's, my mind it's, right it's literally like... The explanation for how this character came back is literally one sentence that's just thrown out there, and then they move on. They, they never oh, go into any it's a character detail, it's, it's I, I, I do know who it is, without saying who Don't it tell is. Me. Uh, somebody we really loved last season, oh. and that's it. Man, so, last season, that's, so it can't be you like guys, Jack. That's about me. all I, know, I think we can say. That's about um, all we can say. Without spoiling this, anything. You guys are making me really regret cutting my cord. <laughs> you know what? i got to figure out how to get... Cable back without my wife figuring out. <laughs> Anybody's got a clue of how well, I can pull that off? I can tell you right now. PO box. I have box. I haven't had cable in over a year, and I'm watching it. Gotcha. Okay, we'll talk during we'll the talk. break. Um, and I it's not through Torrance. About Doctor yeah, that's what Who. I like to hear. Um, just because it's always wildly different person to person. Who's what's um everyone's favorite Doctor? Tenet. Baker, Eccleston, Tennant by far. Tennant, Baker, Eccleston, Baker. Uh, I. <laughs> are we talking total 13 or are yeah. we talking I don't know the earlier ones, I don't so yeah I, 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 unfortunately I'm new I'm new who it's still Tenet, tenet. reboot Tenet all of it encompassing Baker okay that I, I, I probably answer. agree with that I like Baker but you can't beat Tenet's personality none of the doctors have had that personality and that is the epitome of what I picture Time Lord I, I will say when Tenet left the show and Matt Smith came in I didn't like the idea of Tenet leaving Matt Smith really sold me in the first episode yep. he came back. He yep. wasn't as yes, good as he was you. awesome. Thank you. I love people who love Matt Smith. He I love Matt Smith. He wasn't as good as Tenet. Me. No. I don't like that. He wasn't horrible, but he wasn't as good as Tenet. I mean, I will say personally, like, I really love Eccleston. I would have to say it's, it's, it's that t-shirt that you ever always see. It's like you always remember your first doctor. And Eccleston, Eccleston was, was, favorite, was that for me. I, I will say this, though. It's really hard to gauge because I love Tenet's run so much. Like, some of my favorite moments were from Tenet's run. Um, Pick one. Tenet's run. Um, <laughs> sort of like I Logan's think, run. I think it's... I would have to say Eccleston, based purely on the episodes he has, but I have no idea what kind of doctor we would have gotten if Eccleston would have continued. I've been longer, yeah. Here's your question, then. Which one of you like the, the least? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the new run, which one do you oh. like the least? Because there's a lot of people that haven't seen Son the old one. Matt Smith. <laughs> that really? was easy. Oh the new guy. See, a lot of people, I know the <laughs> listeners can't see this, but another reason why I'm a big fan of Matt Smith is because of the fact that he posed with me in the picture I took with him. Oh, yeah. And it's one of my favorite pictures from Wizard oh, World. Dude. That we, when I Matt Smith it. and I did the back-to-back. That's awesome. Yeah. With the, the sonic screwdriver. That's nice. Like, I, nice. I, I, he was awesome. I mean, so... Yeah. I is a good actor. I just, for me, I didn't like the doctor. Hey, I finally saw him in Terminator Genesis. It's finally watched. You and me will talk about that after. um, Least 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 favorite is absolutely the new guy who doesn't even deserve deserve a name because he's he's the the exact opposite of what I want the doctor to be. I want the doctor to be I want the doctor to be lighthearted. I want him to be whimsical. I want him to be funny and carefree and just kind of roll through life and have everything work out for him and this guy is the opposite of that. Awesome. So you really haven't gotten into the thick of it with Peter Capaldi. <laughs> Ding! Ding. <laughs> Go on. That was it? That was it. I was okay. waiting for this awesome defense. Look, you know, I, I get where you're coming from. We, we all love a lighthearted, uh, fun-loving doctor that's there to save the day. But, you know, you 
have to realize the different aspects of the Doctor. Uh, the War Doctor is a wonderful and granted. It's a one episode. It's a one episode. I wish we could have seen more of the War I, Doctor. I do too, because there are aspects of the Doctor that are very dark and very disturbing. And I think Capaldi is kind of following that out a little bit stronger. I mean, the Doctor has not, for his entire existence, been a fun-loving character. I think he's gone through a lot of rough things. His fun-loving attitude is how he deals with it. He's a very serious character in a lot of uh, instances. And I I think, to to kind of wrap up the conversation, because I know we want to move on a little bit, but I think you love Capaldi or you hate him. I think you like Capaldi more if you've seen more of the original Nine I or the watched, original eight I watched the original Doctors, and I don't like because it. Because Capaldi is more of a throwback to the original Doctors. They The original Doctors were a lot older. They weren't these yeah. younger guys like Matt Smith and Eccleston and Tennant. They went back to the older Doctors. So, and I'm fine with that. I, I'm, yep. I, I'm pleased awesome. with that. With, uh, with, um, holy crap. Capaldi. 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 You got it. Um, you know, not be if, if, if I have to think about it, no, like I think Capaldi, I, I I would never say is my least favorite, just because I like what I saw of him. But I've also only seen one season. Eccleston, like I said, he only got one season, yeah. but he sold me on wanting to watch Doctor Who. Yeah, it's and wanting to stay with Doctor Who. And uh, like in my brain, Matt Smith is my least favorite. But I will say this. There's moments that he had and were some of the most emotional moments I saw of Doctor Who were with Matt Smith mm-hmm. because he sold it so well. It was the companions that he was paired with that made me not enjoy the show as much, the writing styles that they were doing. It was that whole idea of every episode is a movie on its own and with a little shoehorn. My all-time favorite episode, sorry, Terry. My all-time favorite episode of Doctor Who of the new series is one with Matt Smith. And it's with him and Van Gogh. That yes. Yeah, That's my favorite, yes. no, favorite yeah. episode of yeah. the new series. It's spectacular. Uh, I absolutely adore it. I um, cried during that episode. Yep. Like, I will oh, say this. That is, that is the... I will tell you this, Neil. Matt Smith probably would have been my favorite doctor if they did one thing I really wanted to see. The guy that was Arthur Weasley, I, I apologize, can't remember the guy's name, uh, from the Harry Potter flicks that played Rory's father. If we got to see the two of them pair up, for like, and be the companion, yeah. and be the companion for even if it was just a half a season. Matt Smith probably would have been my favorite because the way that they played off of each other was, was so great. perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's all it was. Was unfortunately Claire's okay, but she feels like kind of a blank slate. Well, you only have to deal with her for this season. That's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she's not a bad character, but it's just and Amy, I did. It's uh, yeah, and we were, I wasn't a fan of Amy, but I love Rory. I love Rory, but yeah. I will also say this now. I know I don't like Capaldi because of the type of Doctor he is, and I understand that there's uh, the Doctor has all these facets, but it's the same as people can have different aspects of their personality, and you like one aspect and you don't like another. He has that angry aspect to him. I don't like that in him. That's, that's acceptable. That's not what I like. I, I, I but I will that. also preface it and say that I also did not like last season's writing for the episodes. Really? I loved it. I hate I it. Was... I despise the fact that they would bring up storylines and not resolve them. That Mm. irks me to no end. Like, oh, there's this alien, there's this alien, and then we're just going to forget it. They haven't been resolved yet. How long did it take us to figure out where the silence was all about? No, they usually... Like like two seasons. No, they 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 would reference it. They would reference stuff. They brought up things in an episode and then never touched on them again. Well, the, the, the silence pretty much game. was the entire run of Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they from, really from the first episode yeah. he came in with the crack on the wall game, yeah. to the episode he regenerated. If they do that, then I will give them credit. I'm just very fearful <laughs> that I don't think they're going to do it. 
I think what we need to do is, in a couple episodes from now, we're going to have to have just a full-on hardcore one like, episode that's just nothing but psycho. <gasps> where we can get it all out. When, when we can get yeah. it all out, we can talk Dune, we can talk Star Wars, we can Far talk State? Trek, Farscape. Crew Special Edition. Yeah, we can do it. We'll, how about this? We'll do a special episode because we have the room to do it. And let's let's we'll get it all out then. But like you know, let's jump back to real quick. I will I will make one more note. I would like to see after Jenna leaves or um, Clara leaves, I would actually like to see a male a male. I would say, yeah. I think they would play off each other better. Yeah, yeah. Or a continuation of what I heard that they did in the premiere episode because that would be fun. Um. I'm trying to think of what you're referring to. Well, yeah, don't worry. Yeah, we'll, no, talk no, about we'll talk about it break. Um, <laughs> so, other TV shows that started in fall. What else is people, or people already starting started to watch? Started in the fall or came back are, in the fall? Came back or started that Starting, and I, I think it's actually very topical for tonight because we're all missing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Heroes Reborn. Which I can really tell you, I've read the reviews that. of already, very hardcore, and I've heard it's fucking just as bad as season four was. God really? damn it. Damn it. No, I have really? never watched Heroes. I heard it is a very, very empty show oh. built upon... I can tell you the only reason I was even interested in watching it is because I'm a big Zach Levi fan. Yeah. And because I quit on Heroes after season two. Like, I watched, like, the first couple episodes of three, and I was like... Season one was an amazing season. Until the finale. two seasons. The finale was disappointing as all hell. But but I I never judge a show based on its finale. Because ultimately, if the entire season was gripping and I endured it, and they said, hey, more is to come, and that's fine. But season one was so much fun. It was such a great ride. Yeah, it was. That it didn't matter if it's kind of like, this wasn't everything I wanted at the last couple minutes. But if the reviews are that bad, I might skip it. I I really might. Like, I broke... IGN put a review up yesterday. And I went through and read it. And I heard... Granted, again, they said it was very much kind of like a primer episode. So it felt more like a Bible than a pilot than it did anything else. And it's a miniseries, so I'm really hoping they can turn it around because the concept of what they were talking about sounded cool. I might just wait until it's done completely airing. That sounds like a binge watch. And then then watch it. Because it's a mini and they're only doing one season and that's it. Yeah. For random questions, since you know when 100 is coming back, what's before it? Oh, um, 99. Arrow and the Flash. (laughs) It's Arrow and Flash. And Isaac. Okay. Huh? And iZombie. That's the one no. I was going to bring up. iZombie is coming back mid-season as well. Oh. Really? Like and I don't think so. I think oh, actually, coming, no, that's right. They are starting it. They're, they're starting it the same with, week. They're starting the same week as Arrow and Flash. Why are they pushing one Because um, they're actually actually doing full actual breaks this year. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> no, it's it's amazing. So, that's like one of my all-time favorites. Um, it's so good. CW is doing this year, they're doing... Uh, Le- uh, Legends of Tomorrow and the 100 are starting to run oh, on the okay, Tuesday, okay. Wednesday night blocks towards the season. Cool. Yeah. So they're both starting right. in December. Well, that's awesome. I'm, so. s- I'm still waiting to, to find out whether or not we get a season two of The Whispers uh, on ABC, which if you haven't watched it, phenomenal. It's really... <laughs> and we also may not be able to hear this on the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the whispers check it out really good, but uh, yeah. right now uh, they have not said whether or not it's going to be renewed for a second season. So uh, kind of sad on, about that. On shows that have come back for a second season, one show that I'm trying not to—I have so much on my plate already when it comes to what I watch. I'm trying not to add anything new unless I know it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. The only new show I know of I've added this year is Muppets. Mm. Um, That's fair. But uh, on a we'll, we'll get into that in a second. On a note of season two, a show that came back this year that I absolutely fucking loved last season. It had me laughing. It made me cry. I don't know if anybody's seen it. It's a show on CBS called Scorpion. 
No, I haven't, I haven't even, even heard, heard, of heard of it. I this show is phenomenal. It is good. It's really good, and it just came back for its second season this week, and I was like, I'm it's so all about excited. the desert. No. <laughs> well, I mean, there's one show I'm kind of sad because it ran through summer and it's just about to end, and I really kind of wish it was going to continue, which was uh, another CW America's show. America's Got Talent? Oh. No, no. <laughs> yeah. But actually, a reality show. Um, is uh, Penn and Teller's Full Us. I love Full Us. Yeah. That show is so well, great. I, I, I watched online all the episodes from season one because it only aired in uh, Canada and uh, one of the BBC. Yeah. And it was so good. And it's I love watching... Those two people on stage together. Yeah. Penn and Teller are. I've seen them. I've seen them live, and they. Oh, are I would kill to see them live. Novel. But I absolutely adore them, and like, and watching that show, even if you're not paying close attention, like, uh, I mean, I've shown Paul and mm-hmm. uh, our coworker together. Like, I'm like, dude, you guys have to see this. So, like, on a, like a Tuesday or Wednesday morning, and like, pull up one of the tricks from the show. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with Fool Us, I would definitely say go back. It's on Hulu. Um, it's basically kind of like magicians that are in the field basically have to present a trick to Penn and Teller. The whole objective is is for them to show them something they have never seen before. And it's just a really awesome concept. And they got a season two, and it sounds like they're getting greenlit for season three for summer next year. Because it's um, a low-cost show, but still, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. It's so much fun to watch. I can tell you, too, if you ever get the chance, like you said, to see them live... Go do it. Their show, even when they take an admission, their show does not end. I saw them at Tower Theater, and they took an intermission. Right before they took an intermission, they did a trick where Penn put Teller in a barrel and stuck all the swords in the barrel. During the intermission, you could either go out and get a drink, or you could (laughs) go up on stage and pay Teller, pay Penn a dollar to go look in the barrel to see that Teller was in there. And I did it, and he went up. You give Penn the dollar, you walk up, and Teller's literally just, like, doing this. Wow. Just, like, waving up at you from Is inside the barrel. Is he contorted? He's all contorted yep. inside the barrel. Wow. And, and it's crazy to think, because uh, Penn Jillette's, like, 62. Teller's almost yeah. 70. Yeah, they're old. And you look at them, and you do not see it in them at all. Because no. they love... You can see they just, like... And when you leave the show, they're standing outside the theater meeting their fans, and Teller does not shut up. Really? (laughs) Yes. Okay. I was going to say, I I went to... uh... In in their younger, in their older shows, like from years ago, Teller would stay in character all the time. Now he'll break character after the show is over. Yeah, I went. I went to school with a girl. Uh, her her daughter went to New York recently on a trip, and uh, the highlight, the literal highlight, according to them, of their trip was meeting Penn and Teller after one of their shows. And I mean, that was you know across the Facebook multiple times. Really, you know, they seem just absolutely thrilled. Yeah. I'd love to get the opportunity myself. Don't know if I ever will, but but yeah, yeah. If, if you want a, just a great watch while you're walking around the house doing chores, whatever you need to do. Throw it on if you have Hulu. It's awesome. I think it's, it's something you really show. need to watch, show. though. Like, I don't I don't know if you can well, do yeah, chores I mean, like, while you're watching. you got to sit down. Because it's attention. magic tricks. you got to pay attention. But it's cool. It's it, it's cool. It's I love fun. magic, so I love that. But um, <laughs> but the other big the big show that you mentioned a second ago was The Muppets, mm. uh, which aired, I think, two nights ago. Still need to see it? Yep. Tuesday night. Tuesday uh, night. Yeah. So me and Kat have watched it. I don't know. Uh, ben, you yep. mentioned you watched it. I, I, I need to see it. I need to see it. And without going into heavy spoilery details for you guys, and again, pure comedy. Um, oh yeah, I was laughing a lot. I was laughing quite a bit during the show. But I will say this: um, if you're expecting the Muppets from like the recent movies, like Muppets Most Wanted in the Muppets reboot with Jason Segel, you do not get those Muppets. Mm-hmm. You get them a little bit in to some a degree. Scenes. You get them yeah. if you want old school Muppet show. This is a very different Muppets, yeah. and like. I will say this, like, it's that office vibe that they did for it. Um, I know we talked a couple episodes back where we were, when we saw the uh, promo for it, yep. 
we talked about it. Um, Can you define what you mean by very odd? Because, again, I haven't seen it. What do you mean okay. by very office um, vibe? The whole idea of the show is it's a very simple concept. It is Miss Piggy has a late night show, kind of mm-hmm. like Jimmy Kimmel and all them. Um, and it's the behind the scenes documentary, like mockumentary of them making the show. Yeah, but see, and, and that, I, I would just want to stop you for a second there because my childhood memories of the original Muppet show was, behind was the a lot of behind the scenes. Well, thing. It's done off style, so it's a lot of the offshoot, like pull one character aside, you talk so, and stuff like that. Yeah, like, so they've changed the they've changed yeah, the dynamics, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily but mean they've well, changed here's the, the theme. theme. That actually kind of feels really off about the show, and I enjoyed it. And I think like I know Kat said she. I'm half and half uh, on how I feel with it, but that's I'm willing to give it some more to like, kind of yeah. vibe with me. There was kind of like a mystery going through the episode because all of the promo materials leading up to this was leading talking about one major thing. It was the break up and Miss Piggy breaking mm-hmm. up, and there was a good like. 10 minutes of this episode of 22 minutes that was really focusing on the breakup between them and it kind of felt a little soul crushing like they did a bit on Jimmy Kimmel um, I think about a week ago where they had Piggy and Kermit playing the characters that they're playing from mm-hmm. the show and they had them play <laughs> sorry I know I, yeah this feels <laughs> weird it, it's like the puppets were the, playing the characters that they play in the show but it sorry. was it was the puppets on stage, like like puppets on stage at the, on the couch having the conversations, and uh, you know obviously like this is how we're writing the show and this is how we're presenting them. But it was Kermit being very standoffish against Miss Piggy, and it was a lot of real life stuff going on in that interview. Like it felt like, but like you're projecting it on the puppets that we all look at for like to smile and feel happy. But you, you have to realize too, like they it came out. You know, a couple months ago, it was breaking news that Piggy and Kermit split. Mm-hmm. And it's not when, breaking when, news; it's a fucking ad campaign. and it was. But you think about it when you said like it's kind of soul crushing. If you think about this, when Ben Affleck and Jennifer Gardner broke up, that wasn't soul crushing. Nobody gives yeah, a shit. It wasn't. Yes, but with with us and our generation, the people that made Julie were like, "We're fucked." If you look at your phone and saw an email like Ben Affleck and Jennifer Gardner divorcing, you're like, "Oh, all right, yeah. delete." But from our generation, having grown up with the Muppets and knowing nothing but Kermit and Piggy together, when you got that email saying, oh, man, that sucked, you grew up with that. Yeah, like, you yeah. knew nothing but Piggy and Kermit together. So, like, when you heard about it, like, yeah, it's kind of soul-crushing. Which, to yeah. me, it kind of speaks to the brilliance of, and again, I haven't seen it yet, I do intend to watch, but that speaks to me of the brilliance of the idea behind taking something from our childhood, something we grew up with, and, you know, transforming it into a more adult, more modern thing that we can understand as adults. We're not looking back in nostalgia. We're continuing to grow up with the Muppets. And, and I think that's priceless. In they a might way. just change it into, like, a pigs with benefits type thing. But as you were saying, Is it Denise? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the best is, I will tell you this now. Before the, you watch, if you want to check out the Muppets, I definitely recommend you do. Make sure you do look up the Jimmy Kimmel on the couch interview because they mentioned Kermit's new fling. And uh, Piggy makes a dig at him real quick. He's like, well, how old is she? And Kermit's response is, she's old enough. And it's an <laughs> awkward moment. And you even hear the audience just quiet. <laughs> and everybody's like, this is kind of creepy. But that the show actually has that vibe, though, a little bit. But the- and it, some of it feels weird. Like, yes, the moments are always have adult humor. And I always think they did, especially even the old '70s show, yeah. definitely. Um, Which I still love to this day. I, I do too. But something felt weird about that episode, man. Like something really felt weird. 
But I mean, but on your note, Paul, about like how like it's sort of similar to the original Muppet Show with the behind the scenes. There's a little bit more because it expands outside of the studio. Ooh. Like at one point, you see Fozzie <laughs> driving to his girlfriend's house, so he's in a car, and, and that's the best joke of the episode. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. That actually, is a really good joke too. So, but that, it, it expands a little bit more outside okay. of the theater than. Just but again, I mean, it, it may just be that it's catching up to what the younger audience's expectations are. Currently, and again, I, I still think that's a really brilliant move to take the people that grew up that loved it. I think and new audiences really love it. People that grew up with the Muppets may have a hard time. But I grew it. up with the Muppets, and I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's new times. It adapts to the times, and it's prime time. It's not like it's on a Saturday morning. So I like you have to understand if it's going to be in a prime time slot, it's going to be a little bit more adult. Yeah, risque, if you yeah. will. There's only one thing I want to know: Are there two? People heckling from the audience. Absolutely. All right. They're not going anywhere. Sattler and Waldorf will yeah. be there forever. They're not going anywhere. They're in front row. They will there never every die. Night. And, and they are my all-time favorite Muppets. Yep. And I, I was so happy when I saw them pop up on screen. And one of my favorite roles they put for any of the characters is Sam the Eagle from the Muppets is the head of standards and practices. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can't wait and to watch it, this. It's just wonderful. Anytime you see him walking around the background, he's like, you can't use the word gesticulate. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll just walk across the screen and say it. And, it's just and it was so just wrong. a really... Does he ever use the term tonnage? <laughs> Not during the show. Damn. Okay, that would have been... Uh. So any other shows for anybody that are big ones? I'm interested to see iZombie coming back. Yeah, yeah. iZombie's that, fantastic. That was a very good first season. It ended on a very good cliffhanger. I need to watch the last bit. I know, you haven't seen I stopped uh, on the episode was, where Bradley James' character died because Kat was like, we're not watching this show no more. That was, that was, a, that was a show that surprised me, like pleasantly surprised good me show. last night. Based season. on a Vertigo comic, which is DC imprint, really, um, and they did a really good job. Really awesome job. Yeah. It's definitely something that I'm curious to see where they're going to take it. Yeah. I keep looking, going, why is it not on yet? Let's get it on. Come on. Just give us something. So, yeah, I'm definitely psyched to see that. Yeah. Bill, there's got to be something you're waiting for. I mean, back. Blacklist is coming back next week. Oh, yes, it is. Are you pumped? Yes, I am. I'm super pumped to be back. Right, tell us why you were pumped for Blacklist coming oh, back. James Spader. <laughs> I've been trying. I really, I have no other response for Blacklist other than really James Spader. Plus, Lizzie actually goes blonde. Um, so, <laughs> I know a lot of people who aren't happy. Like they don't like her. They don't like her character. There's, she's not. She, she's I don't a, mind her. She's kind of a polarizing character. Yeah. Because she's skirting the law, like you know, and she's definitely skirting the law now. This season, she's going to be. Uh, I'm indifferent on her. I don't think she's. Bad, but I don't think she's fantastic. I'm, that's how I am she's, the same way. Like, she's like, a normal character. Spader is the focal point of that show. Of course. And, and Spader is amazing. And, and God, and well, no, I shouldn't use those words. Uh, Spader? James uh, Spader. The Pope's in town. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, say. I know. Uh, but also, I mean, and I need to get on this show. It started last week. Um, I was told by someone who watched it. It was very much kind of like the blacklist in terms of the writing style and the way they present the storylines. Blind spot. Hmm. I heard, I've heard that. Good that looks I cool. I haven't seen that yet, but that does look cool. Um, Other than that, I've got nothing. <laughs> I, I will give one last one real quick uh, before we get ready to head into break. Oh, Fesh. Fesh already mentioned he'd like to see the whispers come back for a second season. <laughs> hey. ABC, if you're listening. It's really good. What about Rick and Morty? Rick and Morty started. Rick and Morty uh, has started. Yeah, uh, you know what? But you uh, seemed a little indifferent on this season. Season season two is a little rocky. I, I it just doesn't have the same uh, uh, energy. Yeah, yeah, that that season one had. 
still well worth checking out. Uh, it's still probably one of the best things Adult Swim is offering currently outside of the second season of Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, which I don't know. I, I used to hate the live action shows on Adult Swim. But your pretty face is going to hell. It's pretty pretty damn good. Um, I can say a couple other ones that are coming out in the near future. Uh, I saw the pilot for Supergirl. And I, actually, I wanted to wait. I, I decided actually, to wait on that. I actually enjoyed it. I was going to wait too and I ended up watching it this past week. And yeah. I liked it. I thought it was decent. Awesome. Um, and then the other two, obviously, Walking Dead on October 11th. Flash. And... Well, I was I was going to leave Flash and Arrow alone because last time we talked about <laughs> How it. How about this? I'm going to say this now. Let's do our sci-fi episode. We'll do our special sci-fi episode, and we'll do that in November. Next month, let's do an extra a special episode that Dust does the Flash season two premiere Uh-oh. and Arrow season four. I've got premiere. so much cash because I know me and Ben and Cat apparently have some talking to do <laughs> about season three of Arrow and see how season four pans out. But the other and, one I want to mention too before we change topics, or you mentioned the other show, is October thirty first. Ash versus the Evil Dead. And I am so excited I about this. Watch this. That is one of the shows I will say I will probably <clears throat> jump on Amazon, buy the season outright, because nobody has stars. Because I don't have stars, so yeah. I gotta do yeah. it too. Yeah. And I really want to give them money to say, keep making this fucking I want to give agreed. I want to give Bruce and Raimi the money. Yeah. That's it's not stars I want to give the money. If Bruce, I could buy it, buy it from them, I would buy it. Exactly. Yeah. Um but anyway, though, because you mentioned horror, there's one final show i got to recommend to everybody. Me and Kat watched the first two episodes last night. Scream Queens on Fox. Fucking hilarious, yeah. Uh, actually, Kat, you, you, what, what are your thoughts on Scream Queens? Um, I mean, it's kind of parodic, but it's like, it was like all the tropes from 90s, you know, horror movies in the sense of, or 90s slasher movies to be specific. So like... Stuff from Scream, stuff from, like, I know what you did last summer, shit like that. But, like, they just start out at a sorority, and these girls are, you know, like, the mean girls, whatever. But they, it's just so ridiculous, and kind of hyper-stylized, but it's just so out there that you're like, I I loved it. And I've heard that they've actually said that at least one person is going to die every episode. (laughs) Which would mean I would be transferring out of that school within week three. Well, the funny thing is they bring up... The funny thing is this show is straight up satirical. I mean, it is a straight up... It is a comedy horror show. And to give you an idea, Owen, the show, it was created by the creators of Glee and the creators of American Horror Story. Really? Well, those are two shows I really wasn't that thrilled with, so that's not selling. That's not a good show. But I will say this, though. Like, the dialogue... The characters are so viciously vile. Like... They have a maid in their sorority house that they refer to as White Mammy. I don't... I'm oh, kidding you not. Wow. Like, yeah. they do not hold back. They say wow. some vicious fucking shit in the show that you look, you look at and you're like, how the hell did they get this past any censor? The question would be, yeah. why? But, like... But the thing is, like, they... Well, it makes them so vicious that when they do oh, get they, axed off, it's okay. Gotcha. They, they definitely like, are doing an amazing job of building dead. up characters that you want to see die. I will say, being <laughs> the true horror fan that I am, there are three words I can say that might possibly lead me to giving this show, a show a shot. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> oh, my God, I know. And She's I will tell you this awesome. Now, she yeah. is fucking amazing in this show. Yes. I, she is so good in this show. And the thing is, too... She hates the Surat. Like, she plays the... Is it the is she the dean? She's the dean. She's, She's the, the dean. dean of the college. I would watch it just for that alone. And she hates the sorority, 
And she's just like she's playing the Dean uh, Dean Dean Warner role from Animal House. Okay, and she's oh. trying to get mm-hmm. the Greek system shut down at the college. I think it would be fantastic if she turns out to be the killer. That would be so, really cool. Well, the cool thing is, the funny thing is, this is straight up a comedy, and there are deaths, and they actually do a fairly decent job for deaths on a Fox show. And but I will say this: what's kind of cool though is my God, the one death fucking. Oh my God! Are we gonna, you know I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna. There was the one girl that they were referring to as Death Taylor Swift, and because they get like all these sorority, so the dean comes in and rules that the um, you know, sorority has to include everyone. So they bring in people like um. You know, all these, like, reject people, and one of them was Deaf Taylor, Taylor Swift, and it's this girl and who's just obsessed with Taylor and Swift. And is also deaf. <laughs> and so deaf. she's got the well, cadence. Not, not deaf. <coughs> no, she oh, is. she was? She was deaf. That's why she had the cadence in the way she that spoke. That makes so much she more sense. She spoke like Blue Ferrigno. <laughs> but she was singing Taylor Swift songs, so imagine a deaf Everyone person singing every, Taylor yeah. Swift. But then like, what happened is, so they were going through a hazing ritual where they were all buried up to their, you know, necks, and... The killer comes in in his devil costume and shit like that on a mower. Don't ruin it. And, <laughs> and all I will tell you is the moment that you see that, you will not stop laughing. Because it's the so way they wrote this, funny. for any comedy standard, it was one of the... If, if this was just a sketch and you knew who the characters were, it would have been one of my favorite sketches I have ever this, seen. Oh this God, is a Fox so show, funny. right? This is a Fox show. All right, so it probably means it'll be canceled after season one anyway. Yeah. So, so I'm just, so I'm just wondering, did they yeah. need Marley Matlin to come in and help coach? I will tell you this, Neil. The show, it's shot like a horror film. They know horror very well, the directors that are doing it. And they're playing a lot of love and make... The people that are directing it know horror very well. Why? Because of American Horror Story. Well, the show is horrible. That's not the director's show. scary about it at all. But when you watch the show, it's got that... I'm going to give it a shot. It's got that 35 mil look. The angles for every horror movie, the way they're shot, the lighting is right. And it's... But it's super stylized. It it, it looks like something... I've never seen anything that looked the way it looks. Is there a scene in one of the two episodes... I read it somewhere online that somewhere... Maybe it was just for a promotion or something that... They recreated the scene from Psycho with Jamie Lee Curtis. Maybe it was just a promotion for the show. It was, I think, a promotion. Okay. But I will tell you this now. Like, a lot of the people that are in the show, they all have horror pedigree. A lot of people have horror pedigree. Okay. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Um, I'll check it out. Definitely watch it. Give at least the first two episodes a shot. I give any new show I watch three episodes. Because uh, by the third that's episode... Fair. I, will, I will tell you, what the nice thing it does is it makes you still question who is the killer, the way any old classic slasher uh, movie It does. captures that whole essence. But yeah. it's done in a horror comedy setting. So it's that Mean Girls meets Scary Movie without okay. pop culture references. So it's kind of like Shaun of the Dead, where it's, like it's, it's a funny movie, <laughs> but when it came to the actual... Horror stuff. The, the horror stuff, it was meant to be scary. No. Okay, well then I'm right. I, <laughs> uh, yes, yes and no. It's the horror stuff is the stuff that you know it's coming, so you're already prepped for it. Kind okay. of thing. So it's that. I'll give it a shot. And a lot of the deaths are more like a funny fun. Sorority Row. Have you ever saw the updated Sorority Row? I never saw the original Sorority yeah, I mean, Row. Either. It's so they, they, they released an updated one. I think it's on Netflix now, but it's really it's a fun slasher flick. But I would definitely say if you want a new show you're looking for and you want a good laugh, definitely give Scream Queens. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. And, you know, real quick with that, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be looking towards the future. See you in a few. In the future. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the... No. Welcome welcome to the world of the future. No, welcome to the world of tomorrow. I screwed it all up. (laughs) And we'll see you guys in a moment.
Hello, incredibly generous, kind-hearted gamers. Yakko Warner here, live from the water tower. Actually, it's Rob Paulson, the voice of Yakko Warner, and Pinky, and Carol Weezer, and a couple of Ninja Turtles, Raphael and Donatello, to be precise. Listen, you guys, the reason I'm speaking to you today is not because of me. And by the way, thank you very much for your incredible love and support and generosity, because I've had a gig for 30 years. But what I'm here to tell you is that those of you who know me know that I'm all, I mean all, about helping kids especially kids who have had a rough go of it and and been dealt a kind of a crappy hand so far. But these people at the Extra Life Foundation, Extra Life is a yearly 24-hour gaming marathon, 24 consecutive hours of gaming by kind-hearted, sweet people like yourselves, and they cover all types of gaming, board games, video games, role-playing games, with the single sole purpose of raising funds for the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And put this on your calendar, kids. This year's event will be taking place on November 7th, 2015. And you can help show your support by donating to Team PS Nation and their friends from the Caffeine Crew, fabulous podcast, and the Next Level Radio folks by heading over to extralife.org. That is capital E-X-T-R-A hyphen capital L-I-F-E dot org, extralife.org. And you search for Team PS Nation, where you can see the roster of players and support their local hospitals. The Extra Life motto is play games, heal kids. I mean, how perfect is that? You do something that everybody loves. Even the kids you are healing love playing games and you're helping them. Fabulous thing. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you so much all of you for your continued support in the uh, the wacky job that I have. And we're all in this together, folks. So say it with me. Narf! Wow, you did say it with me. Have fun. And we're back. So, since next episode will be a recording after this event, I thought it was very important to put it tonight. Um, in just a few weeks, we're going to be hitting October 21st, 2015. Does anybody here know why that day is important? I do. Ben. <laughs> it's the day Ben lost his virginity. That's right. It's coming up. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I was trying to think of something funny and you took my thunder. That's why you were wasting. It worked out better. I know. It took too long. No, it is Back to the Future Day. It and is why day, is that? It is the day that Marty went to the future and Back to the Future 2. Okay, so... I really wanted to kind of look at this in a couple of weird, interesting ways. So, first things first, when we kind of look at, for those here that remember that movie very clearly, and I know me and Ben definitely do. I know, Kat, like, you've seen the movie. I've seen them, I just don't remember shit. But a lot of people that have seen Back to the Future 2 can at least kind of picture Hill Valley in that 2015. Um, And it's a very classic uh, moment where it's like, you know, Marty walks out of the alleyway, from the flying DeLorean that just parked, and he walks out and sees the town that he's gro- grown up in that is finally evolved. And it's 30 years after, you know, the time frame he's coming from. So all of a sudden he walks out, and, you know, you see people in crazy fucking styles. Uh, there's flying cars. There's hoverboards. There's all this stuff. And it was this very, like, kind of, like, perfect version of the future that we all kind of hope that we get. Like, it looked peaceful and serene and... Everything was kind of like where we wanted tech to be, hopefully. Um, and we're now coming up on that 2015, and we're nowhere fucking close. To those. <laughs> I wouldn't say we're nowhere close. I would say for the most part, we're not very we've, close. We've made progressions. There are yeah. there are weird there were, fashion styles. 
maybe not as weird as they are in the show, but they've or in the movie, but okay. they've changed. Our fashion styles, like, I, I don't know if this is bothering High waisted skirts. Yes, why are they, they back? Nuts. <laughs> I have don't bitched about that. that. If you looked at Lady Gaga's fashion choices, <laughs> they line right up almost with what we're looking at. I don't Back remember any meat suits in Back to the Future too. <laughs> yes, because you just didn't see them. That's they were true. off camera. That's true. <laughs> Again, small corner of Americana in 2015. And high-waisted pants too. Yeah, with dude. Like I thought we got rid of them in the really 90s. Short shorts. But then they come up to like over the navel thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I'm gonna give a plea to all the women out there: don't wear them. Not one single guy likes that look. It makes your butt look like you have two oblong watermelons in your pants. It's not an attractive look. I was gonna say something about oblong watermelon. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. But Kenny actually finished that off kind of nicely, and you probably weren't expecting that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, but I mean, like I said, there, there's definitely been some progressions as far as... You take Wild Gunman, for example, you know, Elijah, young, very young Elijah and Wood. yes, if you don't remember, the kid that actually makes a comment to, to Marty, that is Elijah Wood. It's Elijah Wood, says to him, so you have to use your hands, it's like a baby's toy. We're now at a point where video gaming is done with no controller. So there is a progression to that. Um, well, actually, no. Before we dive into that, I'm gonna I, I jotted down a couple of notes before the episode of just a couple of things that we saw in, or we at least know about from the alternate 2015. And um, one of the things I joked about in the beginning of the episode is that you know Jaws 19 necessary. So I'm like, Jaws 4 was the last film and probably will be the final film in the Jaws franchise forever because it killed it. Um, we had flying cars. Um, they actually, if you look at the newspapers really closely in that timeline in uh, Hill Valley, there was a woman president, which means they were elected in 2009-2013 election, second term or first term. So um, they have the hover- hoverboards, the cars, uh, and people's homes had home fusion. Well, you could use do fusion for your energy resources mm-hmm. for personal use. Um, then the, you start getting into some of the stuff that we do already have. Voice commands were a really big thing. Like... Walking into a house and being saying, lights on. Um, or, you know, hey, TV, give me this channel, this channel, this channel, this channel. You have things like Amazon Echo. You have Siri. You have Cortana. All these things that we can now integrate with and use these things. Um, and, you know, the the comment about uh, the gaming hand. Uh, gaming. Yeah. I, I want to go back, though, where you said now, but now we go into things where we actually do have. If you go back to some of these past things... Well, yes, Joel's 19 may be a little bit of an exaggeration. We do have films that are in, like, seven, eight iterations. <laughs> Fast and Furious 7, for example. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Furious and 7. I'm sorry, like, if you didn't listen to, like, what was it, last episode or two episodes? Two episodes ago. Okay, um, like, we definitely railed on Kenny Hart, and we got a message back from Ben in the midway. It's just kind of like, come on, guys. <laughs> you haven't even seen the fucking movie. And I was totally on Kenny's side. We can remedy this, because I did bring over the Blu-ray <laughs> of Fast and Furious 7. It's amazing. <laughs> I would just like to say the reason we're railing on him so hard, though, has to not do with really Furious 7 at all. It has to do with what he said when we left um, Mad Max. Because that's where that all spawned from. Yes. <laughs> we leave yeah, Go ahead, we go ahead. Get, get it out now. Just get it out we now. We leave Mad Max, which was phenomenal, by the way. And Kenny's like, oh, I don't know. What's no Furious 7? Furious it's 7 was better. Um, I hate to say this. I agree with Kenny. Oh, I've seen oh, my I fucking hate you, bro. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me just say this. The 
100% of the people who have seen both movies at this table are saying Furious 7's better. And only the people that have not seen both movies <laughs> are disagreeing. And I will tell you my main reason for that is because while Mad Max Fury Road was a good movie, mm -hmm. it is not a Mad Max movie. Max is a secondary character. In every other Mad Max movie, he is the main character in Mad, the movie. Max barely talks in any yes. of the Mad Max So that is though. not... If he was a more prominent character, I would have mm -hmm. liked it more. Okay. And I probably would have given Mad Max the edge. It's got a lot of great scenes in it, a lot of great action. Mm -hmm. Fast and Furious, or Furious 7, is better than Mad Max. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't it. condemn it until you watch it. All right. <laughs> but, anyway. December's special episode, I'll watch fucking oh Furious 7, and we'll have this, this conversation for real. All right. And then we'll watch Fear, uh, we'll watch Mad Max Fury Road. All right. But, I mean, getting back to what I was saying, too, like, looking at what we have. We have movies that are into far, you know, progression. Flying cars do exist. They yeah. do not hover, but they have wings and they do fly. There are yeah, cars but that the, well, no, but they're the called planes. No, yeah. no, no. But here's the thing, though: is we're talking about everyone has them, though. We are nowhere True. close to that point. True. A woman president. There's a possibility it could happen next year. So oh we're close to it. Oh God, save us! <laughs> Bernie <Sorry>. Sanders. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> no, sorry. I'm no politics. politics. I'm, yeah, I'm team Bernie all the way, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> hoverboards, you're right. Not everybody has them, but they exist. They no, are. They, they do. do exist. They do, but they have a magnetic model. skating service to do it. Yeah. No, they don't. Not the second one that they just came out right, with. There's a new one that one. just came out a couple months ago. Is that the one made by does, Lexus? Yes. Yeah. does not need a magnetic surface. So we are on the verge of it happening, and they, it does yeah. exist. So while we're not exactly where Fetch is calling, looks like he's is holding his bullshit stance. <laughs> <laughs> while we're not exactly where Back to the Future Two is, we're a lot closer than what we probably thought we would be. Well, in 1985. Well, if you actually look at gaming too, um, in less than a year from now, um, the entire wave of VR gaming is going to be upon us hardcore. Um, I heard a really interesting story really quick ago on a, a, a podcast I listened to, and they mentioned walking into a shoe store in L.A., and it was this tiny little, like, normal, like, average, like, shoe shop, like, kind of like a Payless or something, and they had the uh, Samsung Gear VR set up in their store where you could do a VR version of seeing what it would be like to go to a foreign country and give... They put shoes on a homeless child. No fucking lie. What? That was a VR experience that you could do is putting shoes on a homeless child. How is that promising? I'd rather, I'd rather go and put the actual physical shoes on a homeless child. Right? I know. Because but... if you do the VR experience, you don't get in trouble when you smack the child or laugh at it when you take the shoes but back. It's the thing, though, is like if you think about it, while that concept is fucking retarded, the fact that a shoe store, though, is buying into the idea of VR is showing us that this is actually going to be a, it, not far from now. I, Go ahead. I, I just I have to throw something out there. The, the idea that a shoe store is buying into a gimmick to sell shoes is why a bunch of people lost their feet at the turn of the century. When x-ray technology first came out... And it was a gimmick to sell shoes. Stick your feet under this box and we'll see whether or not they fit well in this shoe. And they irradiated the living hell out of a bunch of kids' feet. <laughs> to the point that, like, there were serious injuries. And then there's the people with type 2 diabetes that didn't know they had diabetes. And then they would come mm -hmm. So are you saying this VR technology is killing homeless children? <laughs> I'm saying there's the potential. Okay, all right. But ultimately, though, like we're saying is, like, 
you've got PlayStation, you've got um, Oculus Rift, uh, which is downloaded by yeah. Facebook, you've got Samsung, you've got Valve. All of them are launching their own VR platforms in less than a year's time from now. Mm-hmm. And that's showing that that whole idea of you, you use your hands, that's like a baby's toy. And yeah. I'm like, no, that's we're not far from that. But, it, well, again, I mean, and we're not far from these other things either. I mean, granted, the flying cars that we have are kind of like planes, but they're small cabins just like a car except with wings and they can go on roads. So they're not, Aww. you don't need uh, landing strips. So, I mean, it's the closest we have. Well, going back to the video games, though, we've had the non-controller ability for a while with the, the PlayStation had the camera, the, the Xbox Connect, Connect mm-hmm. and no one really uses it that much. You use it a little bit, you use it in like the dance games, but in reality, and I'm not as big a video gamer as, say, Rob is, so I'll turn to him for this, I get the feeling that people prefer the controller to the hands-free controller. Just to, just to interject real quick, I'm not going to disagree with you, but but part of me wonders if that's not because, and, and having played some games on the Kinect, uh, I remember the Wii when it first came out, it's very chunky, it's very blocky. Uh, it doesn't feel like a real game, and I'm, I'm just curious if the technology advances, do you guys think that that might garner interest? Okay, well, real quick, one of the things I want to do is I'm going to look right across the table at two people. I'm looking at Bill and Fesh. What is one of the games that you guys both got horrendously addicted to in the last two months? <laughs> Rocket League? Aside from uh, that's Rocket League. I'm talking about, phone. look at your phone. Yeah, but you guys have been phoning. Leisure, <laughs> Leisure Suit Larry? Well, <laughs> well you, got, uh, Bill, you got addicted to both Fallout, Shelter, and yeah. Ingress. I got I, hugely addicted to Ingress, and I'm still going hard on it. Um, it's, I mean, yes, it's a game that you, you know, it's kind of... It's immersive. It's, it's immersive, immersive yes. Thing. But also, too, like thinking about like mobile gaming, though, too. Like mobile gaming has dominated Japan. Like you had stories. If you're a big gamer, you realize Konami is basically backed away from most of AAA gaming, and they're focusing on mobile space, like most of the other companies out there, um, at least in Japan. Um, but that's just a norm. Like that is you're nail taking that idea of a controller away. So we're not far away from that statement at all. Because yeah, you're tapping the screen, but eh. I disagree. I think the screen is your controller. You're taking the controller away when you're using your body as the controller. When you're touching anything to, to make the character move, that's you being able to sit there and have the, have the person on the screen jump and flip and do everything, and you just sit there and do nothing. That is a controller. What I think you're talking about when you're talking about the VR are those platforms where you're up, you're moving around, they have the, uh, the one where it's a slanted surface and you can run in any direction. You stay in one place, but you're running on a slippery surface and it tracks it and you can duck and that's actually VR to me. Well, I mean, that stuff does exist, but well, actually here, here's a really good question. I'm going to put this a cat. Mm-hmm. VR comes out next year. Okay. Yeah. And they say, hey, here's a Dragon Age experience in VR. And it says, you personally could put on this headset and have like two wands or whatever and do everything you did in Dragon Age, but you feel like the character that you created and you're still interacting with all of your party and you're still, the game is the same way, but you now feel like you're in Orlais or wherever. And it's, would you be excited about that? Uh, depends because a lot of what I like about it is, like at least with the gameplay, I like the 
Mashing buttons. Well, you still have the controller in your hands, but okay. you, you know you get to be in it. If I still have the controller usage, sure. Because okay. it's memory. It's like you know where the buttons are. You don't have to look at the controller when you're playing it for the most part. Everyone's in a VR to me. Talking about VR and games like that. Um, this was quite a couple years back, but a couple VR games, two of them in particular that I actually got to play in arcades. Uh, one was a boxing game. I played that, and yep. I was I had that in mind too. The boxing game, you put on these gloves, but they have these, you know, sensors around you where you actually have to duck and bob and weave, you know, to avoid the punches, just like Punch-Out was, but you're actually doing it with your body. The other one was actually like a police shooter where, you know, you did the same thing. You ducked and, and you know, dodged, you know, under, you know, boxes and things like that, and you had to come out and then shoot the bad guys. Instead of, you know, pressing the pedal like Time Crisis was, which was still a fantastic game, you actually had to move your body with it, and it was actually it was really intense workout sometimes. Which actually, it's interesting you bring that up, because uh, police forces nowadays, or at least ones that are well-funded, are currently using 360-degree uh, rooms to train within. Like, they go into these rooms, and they, they are uh, run through a variety of uh, encounters, and supposedly it's about as realistic as you're going to get, but again, I question how expensive it is. And well, until the price well, range comes you, down, you you're not going to get a lot of people into it. I can totally tell you that now. Like, um, uh, Tokyo Game Show just wrapped up last week, and um, Sony pretty much said, here's our plans, and this is exactly what's going on, blah, 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 blah. So it's no longer Project Morpheus, it's now PlayStation VR, because of obviously marketing, you want mm -hmm. consumer mindset. But no matter all these VR systems, if you have a Samsung Galaxy uh, 6, or uh, you have a, a, the new Note or whatever, and you can buy the headset and clip your phone in and boom, VR. That's 200 bucks if you want that headset. If you want to buy an Oculus Rift when they come out, it's probably going to be about 400 bucks. But you're also going to need a $1,000 PC to run that thing. If you have a PlayStation 4 already in your home, they said it's going to be priced like a console. So it's going to be about $300, $400. So if you really want a VR experience, $400. And if you want to be on the cutting edge of stuff, that's not that bad If when you're thinking about the grand scheme of things. See, I look at it and go, I saw something on Kickstarter, and it was like maybe a year, two years ago, and it was interesting. It was almost like a bowl, like a large bowl that was three feet across, and you stood in the middle of it, and you had something around your waist to stop you from falling, but you still had freedom to lean and move and duck in it, and there were sensors around you, and you had on shoes that would track. When you stepped on the side of the bowl, it would come back. It was very interesting, and if you combine that with the headset, that's what I look at and go as more of a VR experience. And all my brain can go through really quick is if you watch the new season of Community on uh, Yahoo, the second episode with the Dean getting addicted to VR, the whole, yeah. Jesus wept! <laughs> 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 but, that, but that is what I look at and go, VR, if, if someone told me in, in the 80s, if you gave me a headset and a controller, that was VR. But by today's standards, that's not VR to me. I want to be actually able to run, move my body. I want to be in that room that Fesh was talking about. I want to be able to duck and weave while I'm boxing the way Bill was talking about. If you, just give, if you still have a controller, it's not VR to me. If you think about things like that... If I was able to get something like Google Glass or like something where you could, you know, watch a screen that's still transparent. Which would be like Microsoft's HoloLens, which is AR. 
yes. augmented reality. Which would tie right into things like Ingress and things like Pokemon Go when it comes out. Which where, is a watch. Which is a watch. But again, they could sort of integrate that whole, you know, augmented reality into the new games where, you know, it's an immersive world. Like, Ingress, I have to walk to places or go to places to play the game. I can't sit in one place and, and play the game. Pokemon Go is going to be the same way. You're going to have to go to places. But being able to see that augmented reality, to see the world that nobody, that other people are not seeing, is, is you know, I think that's the, the step, step, step towards uh, the future. Are we so. counting games like Ingress, like virtual reality, or are we just calling that like another version of like augmented reality? Where I, you're not, that's augmented. You're not visibly I would in say that's augmented. this world. Because there's another app that I use on my phone now that I've been working out again called Zombie Run. Yeah, and Zombie, Run's great. Zombie Run is a fantastic app, and I still use it now. It's a lot of, and you're playing a game while you're exercising. Like that's the weirdest part of it to me. Wait, take a moment and explain what Zombie Run is to anyone that doesn't know, because I remember this app from years ago, and it was a blast. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. It's basically you, anytime you're going to run, whether it's on a treadmill or you're out there, and even if you're just walking, you can use it during the day. You basically you're a survivor in an apocalypse. You're at a headquarters, and the more steps you take on your phone. Because it uses the pedometer built into your phone to figure out how far you're going. And, with G- and GPS. Yeah, and GPS to, to figure out. You're basically collecting things that to help yourself survive. And that's basically what it is. So it, it adds another element to being able... And you have like news reports in your ear if you're using headphones to listen to it. You, there's... Uh, like walkie-talkie conversations, you know, letting you know where to go and things like that. You have to avoid zombies if you're using GPS. It'll tell you where there's a zombie located. And it's, I mean, if you're out running just like in your neighborhood, it's a lot more fun when there are zombies on the GPS because then you actually end up taking different routes to your neighborhood every time you go out and run. <laughs> so it's it's fun. I yeah, that's what I, I know a lot of people used to use it on like a bar crawl type thing when you were going from one bar to the other and you couldn't walk down the street because there was a horde of zombies. Mm-hmm. So you would have our friends just booking it down and running through alleys and finding these weird ways to get to the bar and everyone's looking at you like, what are you doing? And everyone's staring at their phone going, no, there's a horde of them. Quick, turn down this street. Uh-huh. It was so much fun. Yeah. I've kind of sitting here chuckling. like awesome. It reminds me of a story I heard the other day. There's a there's actually a game along those lines that was designed to help children brush their teeth. <laughs> like the more you utilized your your toothbrush, the more teeth brushing you did, the more levels you unlocked, the better things you got. And it actually became a problem where children are abrading their gums because they're overbrushing because they become they become addicted to trying to like level up and get to places faster. And it, it just kind of made me, you know, a little bit laugh. I mean, now now the the zombie run sounds more healthy than that, but uh, safer, <laughs> safer, yeah. And it's also one runs in front of a car or yeah. that. I mean, and you're collecting things too. So I mean, you have a home base that you're using these items that you're oh, yeah. collecting on your runs to build up your base, build up your defenses. I mean, so it's it gets fun. It gets a lot of fun. If I didn't have to have my Ingress scanner open. <laughs> when I'm playing the game, I think I'd get into Zombie Run because it sounds like an awesome. Well, like it is. the idea of what Nintendo's doing with Pokemon Go is brilliant because they're you can buy like a twenty or thirty dollar watch, and instead of having to pull out your phone to know what, what's around you, because it's the guys that are making Ingress or making the game, so they're kind of like, hey, look, there's a Pokemon close by. You can tap the button on the smartwatch, and it interacts with the environment, and you can go on with your life. But you can go and check it later, or pull up your phone and see the AR of what's happening if you're interested. In time. 
So it's no longer about now being like a person that's out and about in the real world that's constantly pulling out their phone and like staring at it instead of engaging with people and said, hey, I'm in a social situation that we all agree, I think, at this point that doing that, if we're sitting around at a, t a table and somebody pulls out their phone and they just are in their phone, it's kind of a dick move. It's no different than like back in the day before we had smartphones, like you're having a conversation and you look at your watch at the time. It's the same fucking thing. Um, mm -hmm. But if you want to still be engaged, you can like nonchalantly like reach down and tap a button and be like, cool, I've been interacted with the environment. But it's still getting people to go out and do fun things and see new things that they wouldn't expect because a game is helping engage them. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that, except I'm, I would take Rob's statement a little more where he said pulling out your phone is the equivalent of where you used to look at your watch. No, because people don't pull out their phone and glance at it. They sit there and play with it. Pulling out your phone is the equivalent of talking to someone and having them pull out a book and just start reading. <laughs> that's actually, yeah, that's perfect. Because I was thinking, I'm like, if you're just glancing at a watch, that's not really rude. That's just like checking your phone real fast. Oh, look, I got a message. All right, cool. I'm putting Funny it back. enough, I actually do glance at my watch yeah. to check my phone. So. <laughs> yeah, and that's easy and that's quick. But no, it's true. It's become a mode of, you know, escape if you don't want to be in a conversation or if it's like, you know, you have too much... I don't know. But I will say, it's like, occasionally, though, it does come in handy. I'm like, oh, sorry, if this is uh, something came up that is important, I have to take care of. grabs his phone and hides behind I mean, it. And it's getting a little off the topic, too, but like that's something that, like, when I go to concerts and I go to shows and stuff like that, I've gotten to the point now where, like, I, yes, I admit, I used to live my life through my phone, but now when I go to concerts and stuff like that, I hate the people that are like this the whole time. Mm -hmm. No, watch it's a, it's, the goddamn show. You're not there to enjoy it and it. feel it, not to record it. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to watch it through your phone, you can just watch it from home on TV. That reminds me of uh, Scream Queens, actually, because in the pilot, like, Call the girls back. get, like, she's getting, you know, she's getting murdered, and meanwhile, she's, like, texting during it. Oh my god, someone saved me. I'm getting, no wait, she was, the, her final act was to write on her Twitter account. Like, she's not running out like, of please, the room. Like, please, a red writing, devil mask is killing me. Somebody help. As he's behind her, like, killing her. She's like, OMG, getting killed right now. I don't have to watch this show. Sadly enough. <laughs> Monty Python did it first. Sorry. Yeah? They did it first. With what? With Holy Grail! Remember that he, he's carving into a stone exactly what's happening. Ah. Yeah. So I got I got to throw that out there. <laughs> Nicely pulled back, man. Well, like you said, again, that is just just an asset, and we're again we're looking at that that alternate version of 2015. But here's the thing: is though the reason I wanted to bring this up is there's been so many versions of sci-fi that we've all grown up with that said here is the version of the future, and. Uh, it's not hard to think back and think of at least a couple of movies or shows that you saw where we've already passed that timeline. In my brain, I can think of, like, I was a Transformers kid. I love that. The movie, in the year 2005, yeah. and it's, here's the movie, and things are crazy, and there's hoverboards then, and all that stuff. And then you have um, things like, you know, the Jetsons that, oh, I know a lot of us grew up with. <laughs> and that was supposed yeah. to be, yeah, yeah again, Hanna-Barbera, whatnot, but... Um, that was supposed to be 2063, and if you look at a lot of those those levels of things, we're still not close to those futures for a lot of that stuff. Some of the things were on the way, like Star Trek. Like, I know, like, yes, totally. iPads, Star Trek. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Huh? If you look at the Jetsons, though, the Jetsons actually has a little bit of a dark underlying to it. There is a reason why they live up in the sky. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's why? because the environment pollution... Has screwed up the surface. 
Look at Wall-E from, from mm-hmm. Pixar. Yeah. If I can just back that up for half a second, if you want to watch something that's really funny that, that, that touches on that, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, was an old adult swim mm-hmm. show. And, oh, they yeah. do oh, a Jetsons episode that's key, where the Jetsons come back to sue uh, uh, the current world for the climate change that has wrecked their future. I just wanted to throw that out there. It's the first that's thing awesome. I thought about, yeah. But one of the reasons I really wanted to bring up the topic, not just because it's like this is kind of like a crowning point for geek time. It's kind of like, you know, like back in like, you know, 99, where it's like, this is when Skynet takes over and, you know. Um, but Genesis. <laughs> did anyone, did anyone Genesis. see Did anyone see the new the new Terminator movie that mm-hmm. came out? No. That was, I it is an interesting take on it. I heard it wasn't bad. I heard if you're a Terminator it. fan, you really would love it. I enjoyed it. It's better than three. It's an interesting explanation Aww. on how we're in this year, and it hasn't happened. Did you enjoy three? I look like Nick Stahl. Just <laughs> like, it looks identical to Nick Stahl. I'll pull up a picture really after disturbing. this, and I'll show you, and if you look at my face, you'll be like, I can oh, kind of see it just creepy. looking at you now, but, it's really disturbing. but the movie was still horrible. So. Aww, I thought it was fun. <laughs> so, the reason I wanted to bring this up was because... All of these different old school sci-fi movies and TV shows, though, all had their idea of the future. And I thought it'd be really fun for us to sit down tonight and close out the show uh, before we get into the, the way we normally close out the show. Um, to, for us to come up with what we think the world's going to be like in thirty years from now, and what geek culture is going to be like, and how we consume media, and what's going to be like the fads, because the possibilities really like endless, and it'd be kind of fun, like. Being able to throw this up on the cloud and like years from now coming back and looking at how fucking wrong we may have been. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I think there's going to be a lot of beachfront property in Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I can think of two things. The great desert of California. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can think of two things. One that I, I think is going to happen, and two, the second I would like to see happen. Um, the, going to first to the thing I would like to see happen, I'd like the. Star Trek progression to continue to the point where we actually can see a holodeck at some point, even if it's still a little constrained to just within one room and not an open world in a room. Real quick, before before we continue this, let's let's break this down in a couple in three ways, and we'll go around that way because I think there's a lot of things that we can think about. But the thoughts I had was, what are geek trends in thirty years? What is tech like in thirty years, and what is the culture like in thirty? Well, the tech one is the thing I think is going to happen, and I think that's the the physical embodiment of a cell phone will be gone to the point where it'll be an implant. I do too. Yeah. I, I think Futurama. The iPhone. <laughs> the legitimate iPhone by <laughs> mom. How are they going to upgrade it? Through software. Uh, software. Firmware. 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 Yeah. And up, uh, firmware. Hmm. yeah. So I, and I think. Okay. So let's let's here. Let's 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 start right off. Well, let's say tech. Tech is the first one. So Ben, that was your idea for tech. Yeah. How about you, Kat? Post apocalypse. Down with the tech. It's all regressing backwards. <laughs> okay, here. That's my I, 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 Actually, no, I'm going to grill you guys on this. Why? Why? What, is, what do you think is going to happen in 30 years that's going to cause that? Skynet. I mean, yeah, oh, I mean, like, realistically, the... Cat's like, Google. Oh, to, yeah, but, um... Google is Skynet. Based on so many, I mean, like, trends of things ramping up, there's a reason that post-apocalypse and, like, dystopian stuff is so popular right now, and it's because it's generally... I mean, it's a future people could foresee with, like, shit, you know, just getting escalating too far out of our control. 
Fair enough. Well, it's like I had said too, Dorn. You know, when we were talking about off air about the Jetsons being in 2063, I don't think our country's even going to get that. <laughs> I really don't. Oh I'm a firm believer in that. I can actually see this progressing to the point where video games and television are going to overlap in this because they both are going to use the same quote-unquote screen, but it's not going to be a screen so much as it's going to be a hologram projection because we already have that little that little device that you can make yourself and put on your phone and create holograms that come up from your phone. 3D holograms that you can see from any angle. It's in 30 years, yeah, there's going to be a four points on your floor and you're going to turn on your television and it's just going to create a three-dimensional hologram in front of you that you're watching. Uh, yeah. um, just on that note real quick too, uh, we, we didn't really bring it up and I actually wanted to bring it with me. I have one of those little Star Wars hard to find BB-8 droids. Oh, it's fucking I adorable. wish you brought that. I, I wanted to bring it, but it has that capability where you can record but a message AR, on your though. phone. That goes back it is. AR, you you view content. it through your phone. You don't actually see the physical hologram. When I can see it through it, then I'll buy one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so my thing with tech, and I, I, this kind of ties into culture almost as well. Which I know you wanted to touch on as well. And we still will. And I'm um, sure you can expand upon it a little bit more then. I think tech's going to increase to the point where there's going to be a whole lot of people who want to adopt all and any of the tech that comes out. They're early adopters. Yes. And then there's going to be a heck of a lot of people who are going to say no. And regress to simple tech and like like cars. You know, think about cars. Self-driving cars, electric cars like Tesla, uh, hydrogen-powered cars... A whole bunch of people are going to be like, I want this. And then there are other people who are going to be like, no, I just want my well, fucking like, internal well, combustion engine. Well, here's a, here's a quick question for you. Do you think in 30 years' time, because now we've got, like, Elon Musk and uh, and everybody now really, like, you know, like, electric cars are definitely going to be the future. Like, we've already seen multiple companies that are doing self-drive cars, like self-park cars are a, been a big start. Um, do you think 30 years is enough time for that to actually take hold? Uh, I think it's going to start taking hold in that time. Okay. I don't think it will definitely take hold, but it'll definitely make a dent. I foresee, personally, advancements in two fields that I think are going to be major. Uh, first is going to be nanotechnology, and the second is going to be 3D printing. And I, I foresee over the next 30 years a, extreme advancements in 3D printing. And if you combine that with nanotech... Uh, I can see a world where people can think of anything they want to and, that and then basically build it right there at their homes. Well, I think it's going to be right well, there actually, at our fingertips. what was a really interesting thing um, was uh, my dad. I, I took him out to buy a new computer for the first time in probably for him 15 years. Like most of the computers he had, he had got through work and then the one he's currently using, like me and a friend got built up for him and said, here you go. Uh, and I took him to, like, just even Best Buy, and he walked past a 3D printer, and he's never seen or heard of them. And he saw this thing printing a 3D elephant that was, like, maybe, like, I don't know, like, eight inches tall, like, five, six inches wide. And it, like, he looked at that thing, and he's like, what is that? Like, what the hell is that? I'm like, it's a 3D printer. And he's like... And the look on his face was priceless. It was amazing to watch somebody that's almost 70 years old see what technology has become like this is a person that like was born in the 40s and be like holy crap this is really where we're at now and it's kind of insane to think about like they went from no computers 
to being able to print whatever you want in actual 3D. And it's kind of terrifying a little bit. Like, if you think about how quick we've grown. I think, I mean, just, on, just on, on the note of the 3D printing alone, there's already been advancements on them experimenting and successfully being able to 3D print with organic tissue. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So you, if you consider the fact that 3D printing has only been around for, what, a matter of five or six years, and now they're already printing, printing tissue. tissue. Yeah. Repo the genetic opera in 30 years. <laughs> but going back even further, though, it's 2015, you know, thinking about what technology would be in 30 years. Let's go back 30 years to 1985, and let's look at how far technology has already come. And now let's yeah. look at how fast technology is advancing even faster from that. And back in 1985, we had the first first variations of the internet through BBS boards. Look and at cell phones. I mean, cell phones have come so far in 30 yeah. years, and now with the speed of technology advancing, just imagine where they're going to be in 30 years. Oh, it's terrifying, almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dystopian. Um, well, it's crazy. Yeah, like, dystopian. It's just going to overload Well, it's crazy. Like, I, I, I look at the out. idea of, like, tech for, like... From 30 years now, like, and my brain tries to sit down and look at that on a piece of paper and says, where do I think this is going to be? And, like, I know, like, me and Bill, like, uh, I would think we we both agree. One of our, one of our favorite things we've seen hologram-wise, Hatsunomiku. Yes. From Sega. I mean, holy shit. Like, 3D fucking idols from Japan that we can actually physically watch and, like, play video games of. But, like, for us, it's like, that's, like, holy shit, anime characters in real life. Mm-hmm. That, that was, like, a huge, like, mind-blowing experience. Being able to have something like that in your home. Oh, Think about uh, it. Kurigas. Kurigas. <laughs> Fisherman's Wife and Fisherman's Wife too. The real technically. <laughs> I think it'll be fun, too, when cell phones have become implants or become even smaller. We already think people were talking to themselves... Mm. With Bluetooth, uh-huh. just imagine what it's going to be when it's actually inside your ear canal, and oh, nobody's going to know who the hell you're talking to. But at that point, it may just be you think of what you're going to say, and it gets transmitted through the and implant you don't have to, to do that. you're talking to. Now, is that going to actually happen? Because I, I agree with you. I pick up my phone, and I call people, and I talk to them. But I know a lot of people that go, talk on a phone? Mm-hmm. Who does that? Mm-hmm. We text. So will that actually? But that's kind happen? of a step backwards, though. Like text is kind of like, hey, I'm writing to somebody like a pen pal, and instead of being able to, well, think about it. Like if you really think about it, oh, okay, I can digitally send a letter versus they can hear my voice almost instantly through the airwaves. I'm gonna argue for text. Okay. The big thing with it, and uh, like for me at least personally, is I can, I can text and multitask. So if I'm on the phone with someone, I hold can on. drive. Well, that's like, if I'm on the phone with someone, though, I'm in bed, like, I have to constantly pay attention to the current conversation. Text, I can, you know, do the dishes. Oh, look, I got another text. Let me shoot it back real fast. Continue doing the dishes. Or, like, I, I can be making tea, and I can be, like, watching TV while I'm making tea, respond to a text, have a text conversation. How many hands I couldn't do, you do have? those. I know. She has a lot. All of them. <laughs> Not, uh, <laughs> 20 it's... million hands. This whole kind of evolution of tech to where you have a, a implant in your head for cell phone use, things like that, it may not get to that point because we don't have the brain capacity to do things like that. We don't have the capacity to actually truly multitask. Yeah, what happens when a computer takes care of the part that you can't? Right. I look at texting as being sort of a narcissistic uh, uh, frame through which you can view the modern world, and I'm being honest with a with a with a cell phone call 
or a phone call or face-to-face conversation, you're fully uh, absorbed with what you're doing. To me, text is more, uh, you know, I, I equate it with, with the younger generations, honestly. <laughs> and to me, it seems to be much more of a casual, I am not fully involved. I'm not fully uh, buying into this. We are just casually throwing things at each other, and I don't have to be fully absorbed with the conversation. And honestly, that's, that's to me, is sort of scary. If, if you go back a little bit, we actually have had, to a degree, we've already had the technology to be able to, as Bill had mentioned, possibly just think it and it, and it project or be what it is. Stephen Hawking has had the means to do this without speaking or using his hands for years. Mm. So to a degree, this technology already exists. Granted, he uses eye movement, mm-hmm. but... I mean, who's to say it can't be adapted in the future with technology? Hmm. That it could be possible hmm. to text and speak without using your hands. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's already available. And I'm going to make an argument for texting again. Um, Wasn't oh, insulting no. you. Oh, no, no, no. It's totally <laughs> fine. Um, I can see the differences, though, in it. And for me, a lot of times, because here's the difference, though. Like, texting, for me, is like a quick venting thing. Or... You know, if I'm bored and want to talk with someone, and that's just because I'm a very chatty person, but when I want to actually have a conversation with my friends, usually I will text them to make the time to have that face-to-face conversation, and at that point, my phone is gone. I am fully Hmm. engaged with them, so I don't think it's... With some people, it might be narcissistic, sure, but for me personally, I don't utilize it that way. It's utilized as a during-the-day venting type of thing, just to, like, little micro things. But anything important is said face-to-face. You know what it is? It's the idea of we are an on-demand culture nowadays. We Mm -hmm. want everything we want when we want it. And it's the idea of we can vent, we can joke, and we can ask for, uh, ask, uh, need an answer on-demand. And basically everybody is now at that point. Now that leads me into something that I was questioning about. And when I look at texting, part of what I look at with texting is... It's very quick. No one writes long texts. No one writes novels. They usually give really quick things. Occasionally you do. I see Bill's face. <laughs> I, 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 I send long texts. I have conversations full, fully in text sometimes. I don't think texting is a bad thing. I think it's a... Well, when you're, you're working, you have a serious conversation you need to have and it needs to be now, but you can't make a phone call. It's a quick way to do it that's... I also talk on the phone all day as my job. I don't like to talk on the phone when I'm not at work. Fair enough. So, totally fair. Yes, text conversations. Well, that's also... Okay, I see that, but I'm, I'm talking more of the younger generation and the fact with the advent of Twitter and the advent of YouTube. I talked to someone not long ago that made a YouTube promotional video and they said, man, I made this, but I have to cut it down. It's five minutes. No one will watch a five-minute video. So this is getting into the idea of in 30 years, how stupid and short will television shows be? Hmm. Idiocracy. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's scarily, yeah. It's actually electrolytes. Kind of true. Yeah. It's Look got electrolytes. <laughs> but it it, it's all because of the yeah. short attention span that people have nowadays. It's one of the reasons why most television shows fail, because they can't keep the attention of the public. And that give, brings us to culture. That gives us right, a great avenue to culture. Well, I wanted to say, too, with the texting, 
I'm with Bill on this one. Like, I'll leave a long text to the point where it breaks it up into like two different texts because it can't fit it into one. But that's because I don't want to get a response from this person before I'm done making my point. I don't want to make my point in five or six different sentences and then they're on the verge of replying before I'm even done saying what I have to say. I'll leave. That's completely fair. I'll leave a long text message. That's not going to be important until. Our cell phone carriers can send the messages in the proper order instead of receiving the back end of that message, (laughs) then the one that was the first one, then the middle one, and you're sitting there at your screen trying to figure out what the fuck they're trying to say. I don't know who your carrier is because I don't have that problem with (laughs) T-Mobile. I don't (laughs) (laughs) But I want to jump back to my question, and that does lead into the culture, is today's generations are wanting everything shorter and shorter and quicker and i look at a lot of what they're going oh this is hilarious and going this is stupid and they look at some of the the humor that we have and i've actually heard people say for fraser for example the old tv show brilliantly written a lot of younger people that have seen it go oh that's smart humor i don't like that (laughs) so what is happening to our youth and what's going to happen i sound like the old man but what's yeah, going to happen... You all sound like the old people, let's yeah, be honest. True. What's going to happen in 30 years? How short <clears throat> is the attention span going to be? And how dumb are the actual shows going to be? Um, I mean, I think that depends on who you're listening to, though. Because the general... Like, you're going to get a much wider range of people who want the dumb shit of any age. I mean, look at how popular Fifty Shades was. Just throwing that out there. Stupid. That was like, naked people. My point is, though, like, you get a lot of people that just don't want to think about it, or so you will get a lot of people tuned into the dumb humor, and a lot of people, so I don't really think that would be generational. You it know didn't what I mean? used to be that way. That's not true. I think it's shifted are, more and more. I think there were plenty of dumb people. <laughs> well, think about it this way, though. Like, like our age, there's plenty of dumb people. Think about the last maybe four years, give or take. Like, think about how smart, though, TV has gotten. Like, movies are the ones that treat us kind of mentally like retarded. It's kind of like, here's a two-hour story that we're going to give you. We're going to make this as simplistic for the most idiotic person can understand from start to finish, whether through visual or actually saying, here is the plot of the movie, and this is what we're going to do, and this is what we're going to do next. Television finally broke away from the idea. Like, a lot of the shows that we love, for the most part, from our youth, if you go back and watch them, I was like, holy crap, every time this character shows up on screen... They say, hey, look, here's this person and this person and this person in the room. And says all of their names straight, uh, straight up so you know exactly who is talking. But nowadays, like, we have shows like, in the last couple of years, like Breaking Bad. And, all, uh, you know, like, think about, like, you know, BSG. All these shows that were saying, you were following this. And we're not spelling everything in the world out for you. You have to put stuff together. But 10 years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. It's getting smart in certain avenues, but dumber in others. But at least it seems like the one place that people's minds, and especially the American populace, has always been focused on is television. But at least it's not constantly placating everything that they're doing and saying, here, think a little bit. Like, a show like, you know, I know Bill was saying, like, The Blacklist, it keeps you in check. It wants you to continue to watch. Does anybody else get the feeling, though, when it comes down to modern television, like we're hitting the apex, right? Like you're absolutely correct. Television is getting smart. It's getting great. Uh, it's becoming uh, uh, something wonderful. Right at the moment that more and more people are starting to cord cut, 
And I think, you know, yeah, now hopefully okay, streaming, sure. now hopefully streaming services will be able to adapt the modern push to uh, a new evolution of, of watching. But I can't help but feel like we're, we're like the, the Roman Republic right on the edge, mm-hmm. you know, where TV is, it's so awesome. And people are flooding away from it, and, and yeah. they're losing that money, and there's a chance this could all crumble. Well, some of them already are. I mean, you have HBO. HBO has HBO Go, but now they have HBO Now, yep. which is separate for people who have cut that cord. Yeah. Show, uh, Showtime, I think it's Showtime, now has a way that you can watch Showtime shows through Hulu. If you have Hulu, it's an additional, I think, like 5 or $8. Ooh, did not you know can that. watch Showtime shows on Hulu. So there's these networks are starting to realize that people are cutting that cord, but they're starting to adapt to it to find ways to be able to still put their product out there. So. Yeah, I do think like some of the smartest shows I've seen in the past couple of years have all been Netflix originals. Mm. You know, like and I mean not having don't these say, certain. Don't say, don't say. I love oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it's like New Fury Seven. Um, <laughs> Touche. Well done. Oh, it's so good. It's really good. But like I'm some of the now. smartest shows I've seen have like been Netflix originals, but they also don't have the pressures to, you know, oh every week has to be a cliffhanger, every week has to be this and placate this and da 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 da, da because. They can do what they want. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. The, the reason, the thing I want to bring up in the, that you mentioned Netflix was it's kind of awesome when you can see a company that says, hey, everybody's watching this stuff, and for the first time ever, it's not the Nielsen ratings. We can see exactly what everybody is watching, and when they realize people are watching smart content, their aggregates are saying, we're going to create smart content based around these subject matters that people are actually watching. And it's not only that, but there was an article that just was revealed, uh, that was just released not too long ago, that using Netflix, not only can they figure out who's watching what, but they can figure out who is actually jumping on board more at what part in the season. Ooh. Like, they're starting to realize that more people are jumping on board and getting into the show a few episodes into the season, not just at the pilot anymore. So they know when to so be they know, strong. And they know what, so they can look at that and see, okay, what was going on in the show at that point? Mm-hmm. This is what we have to focus on now to keep people interested. So statistics, cool. other than, like you said, outside of the Nielsen ratings, are now helping these people be able to write better television and keep people into, they can look at smart writers yes. and smart ideas and realize that the culture is evolving and they have to evolve with it. Where why people are cutting cords from TV is because they're following old <laughs> old standards, mm-hmm. and that's why we're evolving. I cut the cord about two years ago, and I have not looked back. Me and Cat have been no. four years. I, ju- I no, just did it myself. Ass. So no, five years. Okay. Yeah, but we didn't have cable though. We may ha- it may have been available in our apartment, but we didn't watch. No, it. no, I'm saying. Oh yeah, it's it's been longer than that. Six. And more and more people are doing it. Yeah. More and more people are doing it. And it's, to me, I think it's smart. I mean, it's, it's a really cool way to see the things that trends are changing. But aside from just entertainment, what do you guys think the actual culture is going to be like that too? Like, do you think it's going to be still the same as walking down the street and seeing a thousand and one people's faces in their cell phones? Nah, because cell phones won't exist. I'm, I'm with... I'm with Ben on and that. And Ben's one. like, the world's going to be done. It's just going to be a bunch yes. of Walking Dead. Yeah, it's like dystopian Vacan- environments for all. Vacant eyed people. On that point, you know, you're saying that like a bunch of pe- it's going to be like a bunch of the Walking Dead. And if you look at now, the movie's been out for quite a few years, but it makes the valid point. If you go back and you look at Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. 
the very beginning of that movie shows the point that America is already a zombie. Yeah. Everybody that you see in the beginning of that movie is somebody you well, see again at the back end. Before that, Romero, for Christ's sake, yeah. going back to like Christ what was it, Dawn. Yeah, the the world is Consumer, already the idea of consumers. The world is already full of zombies, just not undead zombies. Mm. I mean, and that's I think culture is going to adapt to tech, and tech is going to change it to the point where it's they're they're both going to adapt to each other and yep. evolve each other, and that's just. No, I absolutely agree. Absolutely. All right, well, I, I still think there's going to be a backlash. I think there's going to be a group of people, maybe small, that's just going to deny all tech and be like, Led nope. Led by me. <laughs> no, so, no, no, no. These people, fascist joining. These, these, these people who deny tech outright are going to be stupid people. So Aww. Mainly people that live... In the South. Ah, you would. I was gonna say so we'll all just avoid Mississippi. No big deal. They're gonna live they're gonna live in the sewers and only come up to raid Taco Bell, food for their families. Yay, demolition. Yeah. I was just gonna <laughs> We're already <laughs> passing That was nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. That was San Angeles. Come on, let's be honest. Was, dude. was it was it nineteen ninety nine? Uh no, actually nineteen ninety nine was when the movie was started. When the movie started, yeah. That that was the that, that was the crazed world yeah. and then jump ahead yeah. after that was the when big cryogenics world. first started. Or we can go the route of airships. What? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Canada's, Canada's awesome. bringing about airships. <gasps> Are they? Can I Can- go Canada. Airships? Hey, we just got back from Canada. That was a pretty awesome fucking place to yeah, be in. Yeah, bye guys. I'm going to go live on an airship. Welcome to the Hindenburg 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, hey, I was just I was just reading. I was just reading a little snippet. No ticket. And, and they were talking about, you know, bringing back airships because they need to be able to traverse the... The, you know, uninhabited wastelands of Canada. That's actually very true. <laughs> there are uninhabited wastelands in Canada? <laughs> There's yeah, a ton of yeah, uninhabited wastelands in Canada. But, I mean, if you look at airships, too, I mean, fuel efficiency has probably got to be, like, very, very low. I, I would imagine. I mean, because what's it take to just project something in the middle of in air? I mean, it's... Not it's, a lot, yeah. You're not going to need, like, jet engines to move a Zeppelin. So yeah, you're but, telling me a culture, a, a world that is ever more progressing towards now, now, now is going to be like, but no, that's cool. I'll take three days to go from here to New York, but I'll do it in style. Well, what about trains? What oh, about trains? They're making a comeback. I could see it actually, the Zeppelin thing actually being a legitimate idea if they make it big enough and less dangerous. Because look at cruises. Someone would go, a, a ship? What? Someone's going to take three days to go from Florida to... Yeah, they are, because they're going to enjoy the experience. I was actually going to say, okay. a Zeppelin ride would be an air cruise. That is a valid, valid point. You know, I will I mean, rethink my opinion on that. That's a good point. And then when I commandeer it, it will be my pilot <laughs> in the sky. This is not the right time to talk about <laughs> commandeering things. But see, airships, it, it'll be fine, because they'll be filled with helium and not hydrogen. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody just gets a high squeaky voice when there's a leak. It's fine. You know, you're not going to die. But I, I would also say, too, that one thing that I don't think we're thinking about is as technology advances and culture advances, we have to think about the fact of exploration to... To, I'm going to limit it to lunar explanation. I was about to say, I was really disappointed that nobody brought up in either culture or tech what our future is in space. Every time I've talked about colonizing <laughs> Mars, I get laughed at and ridiculed. Well, you said why, in five years. So that's no, 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 no. 30 happen. years. Well, that's why I limited it to lunar ex- exploration, too. Um, 
Because I can tell you right now, the moment technology gets to the point where vines become two second videos instead mm. of six, Good God. Uh, I'm volunteering for that lifetime trip to Mars. Yeah. Because I don't want to. Well, that's just like that's all you can get out is like a burp or a fart, and that's yeah. Well, <laughs> that would be away. Yeah. <laughs> Call but, back. Yeah. No, I, I, lunar, lunar. I think you're absolutely correct. I, I think we will see, but but I think lunar is going to finally happen as the first stage of a Martian exploration. I think I think we're going to use lunar to try and figure out what we're going to oh, need yeah. to know, which I'm fine yeah. with. I, I honestly think we should have been there the last twenty years. There's absolutely no reason we could put all that money into an international space station and not have diverted the same amount of funds to a lunar space station and, and done just as good science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to talk to my brother. He's, like, determined we'll terraform Mars. I mean, but he's also working on the science, too. <laughs> yeah. But I also think, too, when it comes to the lunar ex- exploration and, and, you know, colonization, I think one of the things that hindered it was the government, you know, oh, yeah. with yeah. NASA. Now that space exploration is in the private sector, I think you're going to see sometime over the next 10 years, you're, we're going to see some more progression as far yeah. as that. I, I, and I can I can hope. I don't think you're going to get a huge thing because we're well, we're talking about colonizing and everything. I see there being like a destination resort, but I don't know how many people are going to want to move to Mars to live. Well, when the world's trashed, we're going to yeah. We got to find out some place to put the people that have run out of water in California. <laughs> we need a Titan ship. My dystopia happens. Everyone's going to evacuate. There, there's already several hundred thousand people that have signed up, knowing very well that a Mars trip would be a one-way trip. I mean, there, we've explored every nook and cranny of, of the planet. You know, I, the I disagree with that. Well, so we so our oceans are seventy percent unexplored. Ignoring the oceans, okay, we've hit all the easy, let's say, it, low-hanging fruits of exploration. There's still. <laughs> A, a the vast bits of exploration, <laughs> giggity. There is still a vast pioneering spirit in in humanity. I think, and you know, yeah, okay, we haven't explored the oceans, but I think when it comes to, to interstellar travel, it's a whole different ball of wax. I think I think there's a lot of people willing to sacrifice themselves to advance us. We well, still have to meet the Gungans. Oh, God, no, we don't. <laughs> um, actually, that's that's a great jumping point to the final part of this, and. It's not the most scientific end of it, but it's sometimes I think what's probably the most fun end of this is in 30 years, where the hell is geek culture going to be? Oh, I don't know, because I almost think, and I forget who it was who said it. I think it's actually Spielberg that said it, that now we're starting to thin out and starting to get tired of the superhero movies. And but Marvel and well, DC he said it's going to go the way of the Western. It is, and we already have these. But the Westerns, it took a long time for that to go away. And and it's going to happen. We're going to be in a completely new new phase of culture. I have no idea where it's going to be. I really don't. I, I've got sort of a depressing, and I've been thinking about this since I first saw it on 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 the list. I've got a very depressing idea of where geek culture uh, is going to end up. I mean, when, when you think about it, geek culture was driven by a lot of young, nerdy, unpopular, and I know I'm stereotyping here, but but kids that were into just awesome stuff. We go back right? to the 1980s, yeah. I, I think what's going to happen is geek culture is going to hit a point where it's going to become focused on the past. Right? Technology, new inventions, things are going to continue on. More and more kids are into that, right? Geek culture now is very, very popular. You've got a lot of false geeks, blah, 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 blah. But the, the geek culture of the modern time is, is very relevant to a lot of people. 
I think as technology advances, the younger generations, kids are going to grasp onto it. And what, what I fear is that the, the hardcore geeks of today are going to actually start focusing more on the past. Say superheroes become unpopular, they go the way of the Western. Your hardcore geeks nowadays are going to cling to that past. They're going to cling to that as everyone else passes them by. I, I really honestly believe geek culture has a risk of, of dying out. Um, I don't think geek culture will ever die, but I, I do think in 30 years' time from now, I think we're going to see it slip back into the way that we see trends. Um, if you look at it now, like we were joking about, like, why are women wearing high-waisted pants like they look like from the 90s? It's no different than geek culture. It's going to eventually slip away, and it's going to be what it was in the 80s and 90s again. We're, so and it's, we're in a geek renaissance, and I think because of things like the internet and stuff like that, where all of a sudden people are like, oh, I like this too. But it doesn't mean the mainstream is going to all be all for it. So are you saying we should start raising our kids to be jocks because they're going to get picked on again if they become nerds? <laughs> <laughs> May not be a bad time. <laughs> You're going to play football. Screw these superhero movies. That's my generation. But I, I, I do think that... Um, I think we're going to see uh, see a trend. I think we are going to see a superhero movie crash in probably the next within the next 10 years. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And I think what's going to actually going to replace it is I think we're going to see... Video game movies, like movies that are based on the characters in video games from the 80s and 90s that we loved, like Zelda, and like we're going to see another attempt at Zelda movie. And Mario, I think we're going to see another attempt at. I think we're going to see things like Mass Effect and all those things, because if you think about it, Michael Fassbender is going to be in an Assassin's Creed movie. And you'll have a major actor that is in the cultural limelight saying, here's a video game movie, and we're going to make this a push, and Hollywood's going to get behind it if it does well. And you're going to see people break away from doing superhero films. And it's going to be that. And that's going to be really big for a while. Just like Tomb Raider. Yeah. Well, Tomb Raider only got, like, two... I'm, I would think more like Resident Evil, which is going into, what, it's like six... Seven. Is yeah. it the seventh? Is it really? Yeah. Seven it's not going to be as good as Furious, thanks, God. <laughs> but, like, I think we're going to see... We're going to see a shift. It's going to be... Geek culture is going to stay persistent. It's going to go from one idea of geek culture to a new one. And then it's going to crash and burn out. And then it's going to be something else is going to come into play. Maybe we're going to get smart films the way that we've gotten smart television. I question whether geek culture is going to stay around not because it's going to die out, but because it's going to so seamlessly blend that it's just going to become culture. It's going to be what our society is. I mean, it's geek culture now because we still all remember when there was a segregation. There were Mm -hmm. these people that liked Dungeons and Dragons and comic books, and there were these people that made fun of them. And today's kids are growing up with... These are the same people that play football are the same people that are loving the, the video superheroes games. and the video well, games. Well, I think, I think the wrong answer was, instead of me saying culture, I think it's going to be fad. It's, what is the fad? I think Kenny just hit on my point, though. Mm-hmm. Right? So, let's say geek culture becomes the norm. I mean, we've already seen uh, Gamergate. I, I can throw out probably a dozen examples if I actually gave some thought to it as to... Uh, hardcore geeks that do not want to accept other people coming in on their tor- territory, right? So I, I, I think, you know, if the regular population melds into that, I think what's going to be left of quote-unquote geek culture is going to be hardcore people that do not want to advance, that are extremely jealous of their little segment and that we re- that will refuse to, you know, move forwards. And again, I think you're going to have a bunch of fossilized people in their 60s, arguing about Batman and Superman and Aquaman. The way they were like, oh, they're still bitching about like things like 
you know, like, gay rights and crap like that that we, like, argue about now. It's like, they're gonna die off. It's gonna, God, the people that are bitching about Superman versus, like, Batman, like... Exactly. Who's gonna win? It's gonna be, like, grandkids from our... Uh, our you shot first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, shot first oh, Won't let that one ever go. Damn you, Lucas. <laughs> you know what? I think, honestly, with that, let's, let's move into the MFK because we're, you know what? Uh, I, I can't think of a better way to end something than with, uh... Who shot first? <laughs> <laughs> Does he said they may release some? Can, can I just say before you even mention what the MFK uh, board is going to be here, choices are going to be, this is probably the worst <laughs> MFK. And I don't know if I've said that before on this podcast. This is the worst one I've ever encountered. I agree. Yeah. This is by far the hardest. Yeah. Choice. Oh, God, yeah. Well, with that being said, I'm going to abstain from the MFK. <laughs> okay, right, I understand. Simply, oh, yeah, simply yeah. Simply because I have never seen I've never seen the topic. Okay. So I'm, and, and I'm with going to abstain that, from Tonight, this because wait, wait, I would like to say that there have been plenty of MFKs where I have never yeah. seen the topic, and you have made me answer, but, and then Ray, you, you have to answer. But you at least knew... No, no, no! I didn't. Somewhat to the no. I didn't. Oh, right. They made me so we'll answer. They t- it. Yeah. We'll describe it. They would tell me. They would tell me. They would tell me one or two things about the people. Make me go first. <laughs> I would give my answer, and then they would ridicule me about how I was wrong because of all these other things that they never told me. Well, then let me step into those shoes this time. <laughs> there we go. Explain the characters yeah. after you explain what the again. MFK welcome is. to your second episode ever <laughs> of joining and us. And I will go first guest. and be ridiculed for the rest. <laughs> so, without further ado, tonight's MFK, because we're on the future topic, I thought no better than Futurama for tonight, and I'm not going to give you the choices that everybody expects. <laughs> tonight, I give you Zoeyberg, Zat Brannigan, and Professor Hubert Farnsworth. <clears throat> and I'm going to kick off tonight with Bill. Now, wait, wait, wait. Before we do this, we do have to give give Ben in a, a quick... Okay, yes. okay yes. Let's, let's give... Uh, Alright, let's go around the table, and everybody says one thing about the character. Okay. All right, I'm gonna start with Cat, and just we're gonna loop around. So Zoeyberg. Zoeyberg runs around with crazy hands. <laughs> Bill. On Zoeyberg. 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 Um, he gotcha. would he would trade you a sandwich for your stock, or you would you would have the sandwich. He has the stock. He would trade you his stock for your sandwich. Okay. All right. But, Zoidberg is a futuristic lobster, basically. He's a doctor that knows nothing about being a doctor. He but he's is, a doctor. He is. No, okay. he knows nothing about the human anatomy, <laughs> from what we've understood. Okay. Well, um, I would say uh, he definitely um, gets, uh, as far as magazine subscriptions, um, better homes and dumpsters. <laughs> All right. And he definitely... Wants to be accepted by so many people, but he also knows that nobody likes him. Oh, <laughs> nobody likes Zoyberg. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, Zat Brannigan. Cat Tat. Pompous. Uh, take William Shatner as Captain Kirk. That is Zat Brannigan. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's an absolute asshole. <laughs> Man, it's hard to describe these guys. Yeah. Like, I love the lore. <laughs> <laughs> he is the commander of a spaceship who is completely self-involved. Everything revolves around him, and to his opinion, everybody else wants everything to revolve around him. Okay. 
And the final person, Professor Hubert Farnsworth, cat. Um, brilliant, old, and absent-minded? Hmm. Old. <laughs> very, very old. Very, very old. I believe, yeah, he's 170. Um, glasses, bottleneck glasses, or whatever they call them, uh, Coke bottle glasses. Um, Jesus Christ, just really old. <laughs> Doomsday weapons galore. Okay. Well, I guess everyone has told you by now that he's old. Yes. But he is also the person that runs a shipping company. He loves his crew, but has absolutely no qualms about sending them to their death. And Good news, everybody! He is brilliant and can make anything he wants to, but the things he wants to make are like a smelloscope, so you can smell a planet light years away. Gotcha. So, so, so can I go first, then? Oh, you yeah, can go first. I kind of have my idea already where I'm going to go. So just by what you gave me, Let's go in order. I would marry Professor Farnsworth. Um, simply because he, if he's that old, uh, chances are he might not be surviving that longer and I'm going to get everything he has. Ah. <laughs> including the doomsday weapons. Ah. And, the yeah. and you know being able to send people off. Uh, I would kill Zap Brannigan just because it sounds like he's a douchebag. Uh, and I would fuck Zoidberg simply for the fact that you said he's not familiar with human anatomy, so he wouldn't be disappointed. <laughs> wow. Nicely played. Yeah, nice. Holy nice. shit, that was well done. That was well done. <laughs> Man. And it, when you watch, finally watch Future Army, like, that was the right choice. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, you don't fetch. <laughs> because you would mean quite way too much Future Army at work. Holy fuck. I, I had the exact same <laughs> lineup. Possibly for different reasons. I killed Zap Brannigan because he's a dick. Uh, point blank and period. Uh, Professor Farnsworth, you know, being married to him is not going to be too hard. He's not going to remember it most of the time, right? And again, you've got the, the option he dies, I get the company. And uh, Zoidberg, yeah, I, I, I'd have sex with Zoidberg. Kind of like a pity thing, you know? He needs the attention. <laughs> Kenny. Normally... At this point, I would yell at people and go, You're all wrong! How do you not see the obvious answer? But in this one, I really don't see the obvious answer. <laughs> it's I not think easy. That you could argue almost anything for any one of these characters. Now, that being said, I am going to go different than what has been said already. And first off, the first thing that came to my mind was... Fuck and Zoidberg, no. <laughs> he has claw hands and just eats anything that comes near his mouth. That's No, we can't have that at all. So it means you either have to fuck Zach Brannigan or Professor Farnsworth or kill... It's a it's a whole convoluted mess, so I'm just going to go through and instead of telling you why I'm choosing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my choice with a brief explanation. Zoidberg, you have to kill... Just because he's Zoidberg, and he's always depressed, and he knows it's going to happen to him anyway. So let's just do it. Zap Brannigan, I'm actually going to marry. Huh? And my reason is this. He is always away on missions. He's not around. I'm going to be getting his huge government paycheck. I'm going to be getting all, whenever he dies, I'm going to be getting all the benefits I'm going to be taken care of, and I won't have to deal with him other than see him on TV and have people go, oh, I feel so bad that you have to put up with him. Let me give you a fruitcake. 
Then Professor Farnsworth means I have to have sex with. And one of my reasons for saying I'll have sex with Professor Farnsworth is I think that you could pretty much do anything to him and he would be all right with it. <laughs> Plus, he's probably got some really interesting toys. We already talked about how he's brilliant and he makes all sorts of weird things, but they're not weird things to advance humanity. I think he's got some kinky stuff. And if you've ever watched the episodes where they go back in time and they show you him dating, yeah, he's yeah. he's he's a player. He's got some moves. So that's the end there. You have to kill Zoidberg. You marry Zap so that you can get those benefits, plus you don't have to deal with him. And Professor Farnsworth, kinky in the sheets. Cat. <laughs> um, mine's going to be different. Uh, I'm going to... Kill the professor because his character design has always really creeped me out. <laughs> and that is totally aesthetic reason, but... Uh, yeah. No. Um, <laughs> just couldn't deal with either of the alternatives. Um, Zap Brannigan, I'll fuck because it's one time. Leela survived it. Whatever. <laughs> like, you get it but out then of he's going to get attached. Like, yeah, hardcore attached. I mean, whatever. You just blow him off. It's fine. But then... Um, Ha ha ha, what what? Anyway, um, but then Mary, I'm gonna marry Zoidberg because the episode where he was in the relationship with the um, chick who couldn't smell was really sweet yeah. and he was so adorable and he was really, really caring and sweet in a relationship and everyone always picks on him, but he's a really nice character with like the best intentions and he's a very like, you know, I would totally marry Zoidberg. Bill, well, I think I'm gonna agree with you. Uh, I'm gonna kill Professor Farnsworth. Although I think he might be a little more difficult to kill than you <laughs> yeah. would know, you, you would think. I mean, like there's that one episode where he's bent in half because Bender just bends him in half, and he's like, "Okay, well, I just have to walk like this." Um, so I'll kill I mean, he had a very happy disposition on everything because the blood uh, blood was rushing to his brain. So yes. he's probably a very positive yeah. person. But unfortunately, now I'll kill Professor Farnsworth. Uh, I'll fuck Zap, Zap Brown again because, uh, you know, death by snoo snoo. <laughs> death uh, by snoo snoo. And then I'd marry Zoidberg because why not Zoidberg? Oh, why not Zoidberg? <laughs> and it's the same reasoning for me killing him. Why not Zoidberg? <laughs> <laughs> this was a really hard one for me to write out because I really had to look at a lot of weird factors in this. And, um, you know what, Zap... The best answer I could say is, you gotta kill Zap because, you know, his mind may be willing, but the flesh is weak and spongy. <laughs> um, you know, you have to only, you can only fuck the professor because unfortunately if you were to marry the professor and he were to pass away eventually, because there could be another hundred years, that also means you have to deal with Kubert. Ooh. And Kubert's just a pain in the ass. He's one of the, he's the scrappy do of Futurama. Let's be honest. If you look at all the characters in Scrappy Futurama, Scrappy Doo is awesome. Would. I, yeah, I would. I like to. Cubert is definitely the Scrappy Doo of Futurama. <laughs> Go ahead, Fetch. Cubert is technically a clone. He is a complete clone of Farnsworth. If you marry Farnsworth, have you not married Cubert by default? So when Farnsworth dies, you're now married to Cubert. Oh, that's terrible. you know what? I don't have to celebrate. Hubert's happy scraping death. I'm going to choose not to do that. Yeah. So I think Professor Farsworth is just a fuck because, again, I'm going to agree with Kenny. The dude's probably got some really crazy, kinky things that may potentially kill you. You really don't know. And 
that may means you get a hands-on with the what if machine. That's a, that could be fun. So uh, I'm gonna say you fuck Farnsworth, <laughs> and I agree. You marry Zoidberg because he's got a lot to give. And honestly, you guys mentioned the episode where he was in a relationship, but there's another episode for me specifically that makes Zoidberg the most lovable character, and it's when the professor gets Yetiism, and he had a pact with the professor that if Farnsworth ever came down with it in, like, I think it was, like, something like 50 or 60 years later, he would make sure he would put him out of his misery, and as a pact, he would promise to do it because that's what friends are for, and he would never want him to suffer that fate. Hmm. And the fact that the entire episode, you got to see these flashbacks of how amazing that character really, really is and why the professor never fired him, it was probably the second most touching episode of all Futurama. And it makes you want to marry Zoidberg. So Zoidberg is an amazing friend. I would just like to point out for everyone that is marrying Zoidberg, and this is not a critique, just saying. Just a critique. Don't let him cook. <laughs> no, oh. you don't let Bender cook. No, you well, but no, with Zoidberg. Zoidberg is like, oh, a moldy sandwich, yeah. and eats it. Don't or, let him cook. Or you have seafood that he made himself. Yep. <sighs> But you'll have all the necklaces you've ever wanted, and they'll be beautiful. <laughs> so, with that, that was episode 20 of the Captain Kirkastic Pods for uh, September 2015. Next month is October. Huzzah! Huzzah! Which means we'll be doing a big October Halloween-y style episode as we did last year, I would hope. Um, but before we get to that point, we'll kick around the table and talk about what we're all working on, and then we'll do a quick couple plugs for... Cabin Crew projects that have just finished, and uh, Cabin Crew projects that are coming up, and a charity that you really, really should think about. So I'm going to start off with Kenny. I will be going to Metatopia and checking it out. Hopefully I will see some of you there. It looks like an amazing time, and maybe you'll be able to game with me a little bit. And you'll be seeing some write-ups about it coming up on the site, and you'll be seeing some reviews after it's done. I'm also going to be starting a segment which is tentatively called Gaming in the 21st Century, talking about why board games uh, are completely overlooked today. And I... I equated it to someone the other day this way, saying Monopoly and Sorry are my board games is the equivalent of saying I have a home entertainment system with a dual tape player and a VHS recorder. Okay. Um, I mean, on the site, I've been doing the anime music madness, so submit your shit if anybody has any anime suggestions. Um, but... For the most part, the biggest thing was Curiouser's release. That was a huge project all year with our staff photographers, uh, Trisha and Ashley, and then me and another staff writer, Carrie. We um, uh, did a big Alice in Wonderland-esque photo shoot with everyone back in May, and so now all of it's compiled in an awesome book, and it's already accessible on Amazon and CreateSpace. I have the links on CaffeineCrew.com, too. Bill? Um, there haven't been many conventions lately. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> so sad. Metatopia! Aww. I know, I need to get back to conventions and uh, and get some get some more convention convention in me so I can write inside about these conventions. You. Oh, yeah. Conventions and me inside, inside the conventions. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Fishy. 
<laughs> hand jobs, Arby's. Uh, hand jobs, Arby's. Uh, I've actually advanced now. Uh, you can find me behind your local McDonald's dumpster. <laughs> now, I just bought a house, so I foresee the next couple of years as being never-ending projects, honestly. Um, yeah, it's my own personal hell. Uh, myself, uh, my posting on the cabin crew have been very slim as of late. Um, that has been from a very intense summer. Um, but that will be changing very, very soon. I've got a couple of really cool things coming up. Um, but again, me and Kenny have been, uh, re- getting ready, uh, for pushing a little bit more forward with Thursday the 13th that we mentioned last, um, episode. We got to see some more art that just came through from Kevl, which is gorgeous, and I I really, really hope that this will definitely... We were hoping for uh, Halloween time, but I think it might be more towards the end of the year. Uh, But that'll be a free print-and-play game, and then uh, hopefully a real legit version, probably either going on through Kickstarter or something that you can buy through us through conventions. That'll be very well worth it. And uh, then we kick over to our special guest tonight, Ben Beck from Next Level Radio. What are you doing for our site, Ben? Um, <laughs> I'm joining you on the podcast today. Uh, uh, by the time this is up, the convention will already be over, but I will be covering Walker Stalker Con this coming weekend uh, for our podcast, which is Next Level Radio, uh, which is the Walking Dead convention that is going to be in Oaks. So I'm looking forward to that. A lot of cast members from Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, and and such so um next level network has expanded now we're not just the showcast anymore our primetime fantasy football podcast is back and we have a new podcast that is posted every saturday uh hosted by a new member of the network named pat johnson which is uh the melting pat which is just (laughs) a bunch of uh exactly what it sounds like it's just a bunch of hodgepodge of all different topics from pop culture to music to wrestling it's it's all over the place uh, so we're happy to add that to our repertoire, and we're also uh, we'll be expanding. We got a couple other ones we're possibly working on too to expand our network. Very very cool. So, but yep, um, just I'm still waiting for that flash cast that we're gonna do. We'll, we'll do the flash cast, <laughs> you know, with DC's Legends of Tomorrow and Arrow and Supergirl and all that other fun stuff, which I didn't mention earlier, but there's talks now uh, of Berlanti producing a Booster Gold. Blue Beetle comedy Blue and gold. film. Uh, I want to see it. Which would be kind of cool. Uh, but, but it got movie and I want Nathan Fillion. Oh, all I got to say is Michael spe- Carter. That's that'd all be I fantastic. Want. So, but you can check us out www.nextlevelradioonline.com on Twitter at NXT Level Radio, uh, Facebook, uh, dot, Facebook.com slash Next Level Radio Online. And um, the last thing we have to touch upon, because Kat brought up Curiouser, definitely make sure you look up uh, Curiouser on um, Amazon. Uh, definitely check that out. It was a really fun project. I know she's already working with Ashley on the next photo book that we're going to be doing. Um, we're writing stuff. I want to be a part of it. Yeah. Okay. Totally. We'll hit you up. You heard um, it here first. The huge, huge thing, and you probably you will know a little bit about this because you definitely heard it during the break today is uh, Extra Life. And if you heard that break today, that was actually from uh, an amazing voice actor by the name of Rob Polson, who is the voice of many characters from our youths, uh, very, very specifically Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, Yakko from Animaniacs, uh, he was our original Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Carl Weezer from Jimmy Neutron, and a thousand and one more voices. But he was nice enough to record a special message about why you should be supporting Extra Life, which is something we've been talking about very, very heavily. If you look at Caffeine Crew on Facebook, you've seen a ton of posts from a lot of us um, and our donation links. 
Um, and if you follow us, any, any, any one of us specifically, you've been seeing that just as heavily. That is a little less than um, two months away now, or actually getting closer to one month away. It's November 7th this year, where we're going to be playing for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia that we all lovingly refer to as CHOP. Um, this charity is a very, very important charity to all of our hearts. Um, all this money goes directly to this hospital to make sure that they have the funds necessary to update their facilities and properly take care of these children who really, really need their help. And especially as we're getting closer and closer to the Christmas season with every waking second. And you'll definitely see at the moment Halloween is done in every, every store. So please remember, the best thing you can do is go over to extra-life.org. And in that little search for player button, just search PS Nation. That's PS Space Nation. If you search PS Nation and check out the roster, you will find Bill, Paul, Ben, Kenny, myself, uh, Matt Dunlap, another player, Tommy, who's been a long-time contributor to the site, um, and Brian Figenbaum as well, and a whole bunch of other players that really, really need your support right now, and especially these kids need your support. Do whatever you can, whether you share out these links to people, friends, family, coworkers, or you can throw just even a couple bucks and um, make sure that you give to a charity that really, really needs it right now. And all of the money that you send will go directly to this hospital. Nothing's taken off the top. So please, please, please take a look at that. It really means a lot to us. And again, we'll see you guys next month for the October episode where we'll be tackling all things Halloween again. Uh, and then maybe a special episode next month after Flash and Arrow starts with a, a little special mini cast. But thanks again, guys. Uh, and we'll see you next month. Good night. Bye. Bye. Peace. Peace.